Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today with us on our show, we have the last of the Zarians, Mike. What the hell are you talking about? And from the doomed planet of Apocalypse, Curtis. Bing, 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 bing. From deep below this ocean surface, we have Ross. Hello. And the man who's the best at what he does, even though what he does isn't very nice. We have Steve. <laughs> awesome. Hi. We also have Rob. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Not even the master of time, Rob? <laughs> we have the master of time, <laughs> Rob. He does wear a watch. Close the master of time. <laughs> master of time. You stop that. You stop that. <laughs> Don't kill Bob. Oh, that's Rob. Oh, man. So, uh... What, what, what are we doing today? Books? Things? Um, well, we have Batman and Aquaman. Or Batman 29. Yeah. We have Silver Surfer. Number one. We have um, Forever Evil Rogue's Rebellion, the final issue, number six. Right. Ross shaking his head. We I have, can't uh, hear that, Ross, but it's good. Yeah. Yeah. We have Real Heroes, number one. And the all-new Ghost Rider. Number, number one. one. All right. Yeah. It's a bunch of ones. We had a six. Uh, we could probably just train the number, number one show. And not we did that one time. Else. Yeah, well, that was a while back, though. We just do we do number one shows from now on. Marvel's new number ones. Well, we are number one. I mean, it's number Dang. five, what, yes? Top five number ones? Top five number ones, yeah. yeah. I don't number like it. one. I have five fingers, only one of them's number one? Doesn't make sense. You've only got four fingers. That's <laughs> a thumb. thumb. <laughs> Can't win. Can't win. He's right. Counting. Uh, I usually count the thumb. I do him and told him it was a exactly. thing. Exactly. He tricked me again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see if there's any, there any news from the internet there, Ross. Yeah, we had uh, the new Ninja Turtles trailer. And? It's crazy. I'm not a big fan of it, but... Why? Why? Uh, the Ninja Turtles look really weird. How so? They look kind of human-like, almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to describe. You said you said something about it earlier. Like they had pug faces? Yeah, they kind of like pugs. Mm -hmm. huh. And we, we were talking earlier about them being oddly tall. Yeah. yeah. But, like, where do you stop mutation? I mean, yeah. you know, they they don't have to stop at human size. This is true. So. Yeah, that's true. I'm just glad they're not from space. Do well, we know that? <laughs> yes, we do. You watch the trailer? What's that guy's name? Michael really, Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah, but it's it's only produced by him. Yes. It could be made in space, Steve. You mean the movie? Well, you the original Bay. creators have anything to do with this movie? No. Peter Lit no. I don't think e so. Eastman? No. Eastman, yeah. Eastman loves He's not a like the Lazard. Lazard. I, don't think so. I don't think they do. I think it's around. Oh, was it was it a team effort? I, mm -hmm. I always thought Eastman. Oh, the Turtles? Was like the... No, yeah, there's two guys. Peter okay. Laird and Peter Laird. Kevin Eastman. Yeah. Mm. Eastman. Yeah, I'd be surprised, but Eastman. And, and Laird must be masters of contract work, because 
they just got it back and they have a really awesome comic series and now they're licensing it for a film again and they yet have still continued to have their comic series coming out. Well, you're right in that Eastman kept the license yeah. and he bought Laird out. Mm. And now they're back together, I think. I read somewhere. I guess, I don't know. They're but that, this whole new series was launched under Kevin Eastman. So, yeah. So. yeah, and it, it's, it's pretty awesome. It is good. The, yeah. There's not a lot of series that I start off with as much trepidation as this. Because, you know, I, I love the Ninja Turtles. But I the the animated Ninja Turtles that I grew up with would not fly now. They, no. they wouldn't be something that I'd be interested in reading even. And this came out and it was a great combination of both the hardcore turtles and the animated. And I'm, I think it really is a, like a great fanfare for the turtles. So if you haven't checked it out, it's worth picking up. They just wrapped up a really great series now um, in City Fall. City Fall, yeah. Um, so you can actually start picking up right after after that. I think probably twenty. Nineteen um, or twenty. Nineteen yeah. or twenty, something like that. Um, Going to be a great time for new readers. So. And the art's pretty good. It's oh yeah, yeah, the art style's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, Luco or whatever his name it's, is. Yeah. It's a different look for the turtles, but I love it. They mm-hmm. did a really, really good job. I like how they differentiate the masks. Mm-hmm. That too, and it's and they weird. they did the the color variation that they did in the second mm-hmm. or third animated run where each turtle is a little different color. Mm-hmm. So I like that too. Yeah, it's like they took all the uh, the good parts from the original black and white stuff, mixed together with the stuff from the '80s that was good, and just like combined all the picked all the good parts and made this. Yeah. Is what it's like. Because there's pieces you see that they're straight from the '80s cartoon. But they fit in this more modern, like yeah, they've cut them up. It. Yeah, and they've they've interconnected April O'Neil more with yeah, their that's origin. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Which I don't know if that was a part of the Eastman stuff or not, mm-hmm. but like no idea. It's good. I yeah. think the movie, the original from like the eighties, mm-hmm. yeah, was kind of a direct take from the Eastman stuff mm-hmm. on the first al- uh, album, <laughs> first issue, I think. Yeah, it's I, hard to say. It's yeah, been a long that. time. Yeah, it's been yeah. a fair minute. Mm. Just remember that Yoshi was awesome. Yeah. Wait, that's something different, isn't it? No, no, the pizza delivery kid was Yoshi. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah, he had one of the greatest lines. Kino. Kino. Was it Kino? It was, was Kino. I thought it was Yoshi. No, it's because I remember he's yelling up, Hey, April, Leo, it's me, Kino. Hmm. Yeah, that's the only reason I remember Well, that. either way, the line is that he had pretty early in the film was the greatest, which was like, he's kind of macking on these girls, and like, hey, Chica, and they're oh, like, yeah. in your dreams, and he's like, well, when I do, I'll dream of something a little thinner. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Keep dreaming. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then he goes and kicks ass. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's the second movie. Yeah, Anyhow. Oh, so, that would explain it. I don't remember the, the, the third one one's much. the egg timer. Yeah, yeah I remember that one. <clears throat> that's where Yoshi's at. The little boy is Yoshi. Oh, right, oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's where I got it. Wow, why do I know that much? Yeah, it's that's okay. Turtles were awesome. You're going to fight the Dino in the morning. What's <laughs> yeah. Wasn't also, uh, oh gosh, isn't it Feldman? Donatello? Corey, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that was, yeah, that's good guess. Mm-hmm. The smart guy is, like, <laughs> the craziest <laughs> of the group. Legitimately crazy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I didn't think we'd actually talk about the turtles for that long. Right? It's good stuff, man. Well, it's spun and spun out. Yeah. IDW's the one putting out the turtles comic book. When's the movie supposed to come out? Uh, said sometime this year. They didn't, give, they didn't give a date. They said this year. They're like, the... well, we can't do it with Captain America. We can't do it with Guardians of the Galaxy. We can't do it with Amazing Spider-Man. Let's find somewhere where... Right. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, probably probably in the doldrums before Christmas. 
When's the uh, when's Transformers Four coming out? Who knows? Marky Mark's Transformers. I have no idea. Man, me neither. Hmm. Although, just just from where I was seeing on the trailer, my first takeaway from it is that the, the turtles are awfully ethnic. Yeah. You mean they're green? Yes. Yes. Now they they have weird accents. Like um, here we go. Like really weird accents. <laughs> Well, they're not yeah, servers, Rob. They agree. How could they ever be servers during New York? Well, like, the only one that needs to be a surfer is Michael, and he's the one that had the weird voice. Isn't he the only one that talks? I, mean, well, I think <clears throat> we hear a little bit of the other characters, but not very much. I didn't even pick it up when I looked at the trailer. Yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. I just hey, wait, it's okay, it's just a mask. Right? Yeah. I got the it was a weird uh, accent to me, but maybe it's just me. I'm, I'm sure this is common to, like, everyone, but is that the first time we've ever seen the Ninja Turtles take off a mask, really? Well, like, in, in a, a movie. movie. Yeah. I would assume. In comics. I think so, yeah. Yeah, comic books, are, yeah. In the movies, yes. Although it is a great gag. Mm. It's really it's really funny, because does, does it matter that he has a mask on? It's still a giant turtle face. Yeah. yeah. Really? Although, Although crush the side of that building. I, it's freaking hilarious, yeah. right? And I, and I really like whenever they were going down the hill, and he, like, one of them crushes that car. That SUV, yeah. Yeah, well... It's cool. Yeah, it was. I, I I enjoyed that too. They yeah. seemed really powerful, right? Compared mm-hmm. to usual. Mutagen like, changes everything. Do you like that trailer better or Bane Cat? Bane Cat. <laughs> well, man, that's kind of hard to compare the two things, though. Bane Cat's a complete thing, though. That's yeah. a complete thought. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the trailer is still like just teasing us for the movie. So. Right. Maybe they should make a Bane Cat movie then. Man, you know, I don't... <laughs> I think they did. They just did. Right. And that's pretty much what just it is. Just without the cat part? <laughs> yeah. No, if you're going to make... The, the, the cat was in it. I'm pretty sure you can How make... How do you make one without the cat? I think yeah. he means that they already made a movie with Bane. Oh, yeah. That this... Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that was that... Yeah, with that dude that the guy played Sean the Connery on SNL. Yeah. Did the voice for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what he sounded like. It's got the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in it. Speaking yeah. of Batman. <laughs> He's going to be Mad Max. Who is? Bane's going to be Mad Max. That's really? Yeah. No. Tom Hardy. That's freaking awesome. Weird. I enjoy Tom Hardy. If yeah, you haven't seen true. a movie called Bronson, watch it. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. It's, uh, hmm. it's freaking awesome. Now, Tom Hardy prison show? Wasn't, wasn't he also the Juggernaut? Or am I thinking no, that's Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. Tom yeah. Hardy was Captain Picard's clone in... Insurrection? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, no, it, no, it's not... Yeah, it is. It's not Insurrection. Is Insurrection the last one? No. What was the last one? I can't remember. You should know this. I know. I didn't <laughs> I like it that well. Anyone knows it's Curtis. Right. What was it? <laughs> Keep that's, talking, I'll it's figure okay, it out. It's okay, because Vinnie Jones shouldn't be Mad Max. Is, is there any place for Mel Gibson in a new Mad Max, though? Grandfather. I would, man. Scalped hmm? Grandfather dead on the floor of the... Oh, come on. Oh, he I'm could just be, saying, what else is he gonna do? He could be some of the Mad Men. You know? Limp around. If you do the first one, I guess he could be one of the like precinct bosses. I think he's gonna corrupt. play Tina Turner's character. I'd be crazy. What's wrong with you people? Thunderdome. No, I well, thought that, that was his ex-wife. The, the obvious choice yeah. though would be to get um, Holly Berry to do Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you know, I don't think they said it was gonna be a remake either. Mm. Yeah, I don't think. It's I think this is either. supposed to be a continuation. Oh, oh, this okay. isn't a start over, this isn't no, a reboot? No, it's a well, continuation. He, he could have just took the name and he's one of those stranded kids that was out in the desert. And they could do that just like 007. Mm-hmm. Don't bond it. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think it could go forever. I, who yeah, like that's Max. probably more realistic what they're doing. 
Because as far as, like, the name Max is concerned, even the kids from the, the waterfall, like, the kids living in the desert, they all call them Captain. Mm-hmm. And they call him this other guy. Rufio? No. Oh, this is a different movie? That's, that's the one with Peter Pan. Oh, okay. My bad. Although, you know, like, if you watch um, Mad Max 1 and then you watch Mad Max 2, it's like almost two different movies anyway. Yeah, Road, Road Warrior? Road Warrior yeah, is the first That was awesome. One. And Mad Max followed Road Warrior. That's true. I don't think they when they made when they made Road Warrior at that I don't think they knew what they had going yeah. because they made that and it was like just a post-apocalyptic hellhole. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Mad Max is the same situation, but I don't think they expected uh, the. It wasn't that to far be, gone yet. Yeah. yeah. And, well, that too. I mean, things were really new in Road Warrior. But by the time you get the Mad Max, it's completely gone. But I don't think when they made the two movies that initially they expected to ever sequel it. I think they expected to make the first one. It was an Australian movie. Yeah, low budget. Low, low, low budget. And they just expected it to be one movie slasher, one and done. And then Mad Max, for whatever reason, Mel Gibson became a thing. And next thing you know, we got Mad Max 2 and Thunderdome. And now apparently the new one, which doesn't have a minute, which is too bad. Because I, I, I still say that the guy can act. I mean, did you see the second Machete movie? Who are we talking about? Tom Hardy? No, no we're talking about Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. I didn't in, the, in, the second, in the second machete movie, he's, he's in. He's in that movie. He's playing a crazy bastard. Well, it depends on who's funding but, the movie for one thing. Yeah, well, that, yeah. They, they may not. They may not see eye to eye. Uh, he was, wasn't he in one called Payback? He was in Payback also. Was that was, any good? Yeah. Payback yeah, was good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's crazy, but he still acts. I like, liked him in Ransom. That's about. Yeah, he was good in Ransom too. I really enjoyed that. But yeah. I like what's her name. Come on, she's your, about your age. Yeah, Renee Russo. Oh. <laughs> wow, okay. He's okay. Ransom? Okay. Yeah, it's okay. good. I like yeah. it just fine. Yeah, yeah okay, anyway. Oh, all right. Enough, enough about the... About the... Turtle movie. Turtle movie and the... badge in here. Any, any other news? We have uh, the new uh, Batman. 75th anniversary of Batman logo. Boom. Which, the logo's kind of cool, but what was really cool is they also announced a bunch of new stuff that's going to pertain to Batman coming out. We're finally getting the DVDs of the Batman 66. Yeah, the, uh, one of the creators of Batman Beyond is going to start making new Batman Beyond shorts, he said. Yeah. Oh, I'd wear some Batman Beyond shorts. Right, there you go. <laughs> hmm. I'd watch them. Oh, hey. Hey, now. Hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure they set up Batman the Animated Series Collective Edition. will finally come oh, out, too. Nice. Yeah. All the animated. Yeah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be like the Batman Beyond one. It's going to be quite a chunk of change. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the entire series, though, man. Yeah. Well, that Batman series mm-hmm. was it was inspiring. Like they did a great job. And honestly, like the Superman series before that as well. I didn't give it enough credit, but that's really good. Yeah. yeah, it did come later. It was mm-hmm. right. Well, yeah, the way I understand it, the 75th anniversary of Batman, they're kind of going to be releasing <laughs> random things all year. Yeah, like this dragon dragging it out, which. I like that just fine, I guess, but... Didn't they also release uh, Arkham War or Armored? They're going to be releasing the, the next Arkham game. Yeah, what's that called? Um, Arkham Knight. Arkham yeah. Knight, there we go. So. Some of the, the, the production models for some of the suits look pretty cool. Very high-tech. Yeah. But, I mean, all, all those games have been good, though. But it's only going to be released on PS4, so... Really? PS4 and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Scrap it. Yeah. Scrap up some change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of the first, like, marquee games for that. Mm-hmm. I said it had to be done in HD, so. Wow. Which is funny, because I thought... Even we that last game was good? HD. Yeah. 
Origins was good too. Just the only thing that was wrong with Origins is you already had all the gear. It's not like there's any. It's not like there's really an origin. I mean, you already had all the cool weapons. And yeah, the storyline was origin. It was a good story, but I mean, gameplay was like the, it was like the same. Which I mean, I guess that's fine. Yeah, and they said that this is going to be like a trilogy, so they don't even count origins. So I think that was just a filler game. Yeah, pretty cool. I think it was just they it was wanted pretty more short Batman, too, wasn't it? So. Yeah, it was a little twice. shorter. What? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's a little shorter. That twice. And now I'm getting an answer. You, you guys are. <laughs> yeah, it was a little shorter than the other games, but I'm about to get short. <laughs> well, I guess the big thing was it, it was made by a secondary company as well. Which is probably why it plays the same. Mm-hmm. Like, they they have a very particular way that they make games, and so that one, it felt like they, they used the system very well, but it didn't feel like they improvised very much. Yeah, it's like they were nervous to do their own thing. Yeah. And so this new one, you know, should, should be neat to see. But I, I liked how they executed it. Yeah. I don't know. I say once once something's not broken, don't fix it. Hmm. That's what I say. I yeah, but it gets nice. repetitive playing the same. Yeah, well, and like I said, if you would start out with a different arsenal or like gadgets that weren't quite as good as the gadgets in the third movie or third game, uh-huh. second game, third game, and earned them. Yes, earned them rather than just starting with them. Yeah, but if you're like some people, you got to get a hundred percent on all games. Right. That means you have to try harder. Yeah, which I tried on the one gonna... before Origin. Right. Can do it. I want Arkham Asylum. I think City. Oh, Arkham City. City. Arkham City. Yeah. I tried getting all those. There's I, a lot of I couldn't do it either. Attention span was out the window. Go. <laughs> I got like to 80%. I'm like, God. I, I would really love to see him put support characters in there. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about... Playable. Yeah, we yeah. talk about Robin, we talk about Nightwing, but... we got to play Catwoman, I think. That's true, and I, I, I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, I liked her fighting style. Yeah, it was strange that that was like... Uh, yeah. It was crazy that that was a, an additional, though, like mm-hmm. a download thing. There so. was download for Robin, too. And Nightwing, right? Yeah, but he wasn't playable in the regular game. There was an extra story part with Robin, though. Was there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How, how much did that cost you, Ross? Is nothing on mine. Ooh, I, I, I got the special edition that came with it already. My edition mm. is special, yo. Yeah. So if you wow. the special Sorry. edition... <laughs> Yokes on you. Yeah, right. you just have to wait until all of it already comes out. And then the game of the anymore. year or whatever edition. Yeah. Or you buy the season pass. But even some of the season passes don't count everything. Usually they do. Usually. Mm. There's more money if you don't want to wait. Right. Fork it out. Well, you know. I think it's in-game unlockable. You should be able to lock it. Dan Slott's got a new book coming out. No, Peter David. <laughs> Dan Slott's got something new, too. What? All the Spider Mans. That's right. Boom. I thought that was Peter David. What were we talking about? Dan, it's there. So twenty ninety nine. Twenty ninety nine is going to be having his own book. That's when you were kind of leading with that. Peter David. Okay, I'm going to let you do that. Get, you go ahead. Get it out. All right. You got it. So Dan Slott's going to be doing a all the Spider Mans ever book. Spider Verse. Something like that. I mean, we, and I made jokes like months ago about whenever Pete came back and there'd be two Petes: Pete, Doc Octopus, Pete, and then Pete Parker, Pete. And then we just have a Avengers Spider-Man team. I couldn't come up with anything but Avengers Spider-Man, and that was already a book. Yeah, you, I remember you talking. Avengerverse or Avengers Spider-Man team, whatever. I, I, there was a kind of occasions we had okay names. Uh, now they're actually sort of doing it. Yeah, sort of. The Avenging Spider-Man. Boom. There you go. All right. Yeah. Kind of. I do what I can. I, yeah, I, there might have been one better before that. I, I can't can. remember what it was though. But yeah, Dan Slott's writing it, so I mean, I'm sure it'll be good. 
as far as I mean, he just hasn't let us down really yet with that with the, pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. So, interesting idea though. You know what I found interesting? Huh. Dan Slott wrote Ren and Stimpy back in the early nineties. Right. I didn't know that until the other day. Gail Simone started on Bart Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some great writers started with weird, weird ass stuff. Powdered Toast Man. Who's one of my favorites? Mine too. I love Powdered Toast. So good. Whatever. You got anything to say about that? Nothing. All right. No, all right. What's going on with 2099? I don't know. You don't lie. It's a new ongoing. I've never read it. Like 2099, I never read it. Did you write about him in the Superior, in the superior Spider-Man? I right? dropped it before that dropped. Oh, mm-hmm. fail. Yeah. That thing should be freaking awesome. That's what I've been told. He, he was probably the best of the 2099 stuff. Like, I've heard that 2099 Doom was good, but I know Spider-Man was like the best of that work. Now, but they did bring 2099 into the modern era. Modern mm-hmm. continuity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping the story will be in the modern. It should be. We'll see. Like he's currently, the way they left him, they left him trapped in current time uh, because of his grant, his... <laughs> So his whole deal is that in the future, there's a whole bunch of corporations that rule things in one major corporation, which also happens to be run by his... Skynet. No. Yes for Rob, no for Curtis. (laughs) No Skynet, yes father. Anyway, the reason he gets back in time is because he was trying to... Something started happening, he started fading away. Well, at the same time, the evil corporation leader, who he knows is his father... Or grandfather? Grandfather. 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 Is grandfather. His grandfather? Yeah, it's his grandfather. He knows it's his grandfather, but his grandfather doesn't know that Spider-Man, the bane of his existence, is his nephew, or his grandson. Anyway, so he decides to help him, because if, if Grandpa fades away, so will he. And then Grandpa, like a jerk, traps him in the past. And now he's pretty much hanging out with his great-grandfather, who's just starting to be, like, in a position of having power. So it's almost like he's at the beginning of the whole future he tried to avert. Kind of like Back to the Future. Kind of. Well, I mean, there's time travel. Yeah. Then it makes him... So it's exactly like Back to the Future is what you're telling yeah. me. Crispin Glover's in it, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> when you say exactly, there's no skateboard that I've seen, but he probably could. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. It should be fantastic. Four. Yes. What? Fantastic Four is losing <laughs> Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, Fantastic Four. Okay. I, I guess Fantastic Four is losing a member again. On number three, they said. Gonna be now, issue three? Issue three. Man, didn't they do this just last yeah, two, two three runs years ago? ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah so but he was in the, the negative zone, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he's in, what's the uh, Annihilator's universe? Yeah. yeah. No, the negative zone. So is this, this one actually dying again? Or? I don't know. It's just a random, nope, they're going to get rid of somebody. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. somebody's going to jail, does that count? Who? Who's going to jail? Thing. Why? He murdered somebody, I don't know. When? Did you read huh. the first issue? Yes. I didn't. I heard about it on something else. Well, they lied to you. <laughs> they may have. I, All right. But, Rob? That would make complete sense yeah, if that's one. what... Has anybody read number one in this room? Nope. Yeah. Read you don't one. remember that? I don't remember. Something about Reed, right. Reed turns him in for murder or something. He's in prison or Oh, that just figures. <laughs> if someone's going to turn on him, it would be Reed Richards. Well, I think... Like, buddy, I need you to help me bury a body. <laughs> Calls the cops. I remember, him, I remember him going to Alicia's apartment. They kill Alicia? No. Oh, okay. They rekindled their rocky flame. Which is really weird. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like in the first issue, there was a lot of jumping around. And so maybe that's what it is. And we'll actually figure out what's going on like in the second or the third issue. Build up. Yeah. So we may be losing 
the thing. Maybe losing the thing. I know you wanted me to laugh with that, but I'm good. I didn't. No, I kept a straight face. Yeah, I so you're trying hard. Right. If you would have said right. my. Well, it's not Corona. The song. Okay, that's enough of that nonsense. Um, I, was there anything else news-wise? Was there anything that mattered? No. Oh, look, there's a. Well, there's a the hinted uh, storyline for Wolverine. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Three months to live. So that, I don't know if they're dealing with the idea of killing Wolverine now too. I mean, didn't we just do that at the beginning of uh, what's Road to Hell or Hell? In Hell. Wolverine, Wolverine in Hell. Puck was there. So in theory, yeah, right? Fun, like, yeah. yeah you know. Well, you know, I, I was just—we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, and we we're trying to think. Well, who's in hell that would make that story worth going down there for? And all we could think was Strong Guy, and Dakin. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe I don't know. There might be a point to it. No, Namor's not in hell. No, Aquaman. He was at either. one time. He, uh, yeah. Remember when he couldn't get water and he turned all? Yeah, he went all crazy. He needs to be. Yeah. Well, over time, he just, he loses it, he grows a beard, he becomes a bum. That's what we like. He gets who he is, man. And he looks like Spock. He's a bum with feet on his, or wings, wings on his, his feet. Yeah. What'd you got? Well, the next, uh, we already kind of started it. Yeah, we did. It has the title on the top of it with Batman and Aquaman. The Hunt for Robin? Yeah. And I read in an interview with them, uh, with... With Robin? No, I, th- I think it was Tomasi. It was either Tomasi or Gleason that it's leading into a big event of some sort like a hunt for robin yeah like so, after hunt for robin hunt for robin's leading into a big batman event really another event yep i'm gonna say the bat bowl yep say christopher That's... robin appreciate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. isn't that a boy with the bear yep. yeah uh-huh. i also thought brave sir robin <laughs> but Man. yeah i'm stupid <laughs> okay Look, we didn't have another member here who would sing that song. <laughs> oh my God, Greg yeah. would. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he would. Um, Peter Peter Demasi and uh, Pat Gleason are supposed to be over in Denver here in uh, two months. MF and Gleason, awesome, right? It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, it will be sweet good times. I think everybody in this room actually knows who those people are too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So that's cool. Right? If you don't know my home, then you, you should just figure it out. Google them. <laughs> That's the answer for everything. Answer yes. to life's problems. <laughs> Google. Go. Yep. I drink too much. Google. Yep. Put a bad review of it. <laughs> like, the space dandy, and they ask the kids for help, and they're like, you should go get on Yahoo and <laughs> search for it. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, I gotta go watch that. Yeah, you do. It is ridiculous. Space dandy. It's, it's ridiculous. I like it. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. Okay, so uh, I felt like there was something else for a second there. Announced it. Oh, Quicksilver. Um, yeah, the uh, we finally see pictures for Quicksilver from the uh, Age of Ultron. And Scarlet Witch. And Scarlet Witch. And Scarlet Witch looks freaking awesome. She, it's a jacket. Man, did you see? She looks so hot. It's a jacket. Oh my god. It's a scarlet jacket. Uh, she's hot. Man, it it the hair, the weird makeup, man. <sighs> What were you going to say? I'm hoping to meet her in an alley and she clubbed me. <laughs> Are you a baby? Was that what you had? What? Nothing. <laughs> so I think we're talking about something else. I think she's going to turn you into headlights. Yeah. Like a baby seal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> All right. Yeah, headlights, tennis, Larry. That's pretty good. Good job, Ralph. Good job. That was a deep dig there. 
Uh, and was something you were saying about the suit that you didn't like? You weren't sure if you liked it or not? Quicksilver's? Yeah. It's just different. A little weird. Yeah, and he's got white hair. Yeah, well, no, it, it's kind of silvery. Oh, my God. It's a little bit. A little silvery. Well, that's ridiculous. Compared, compared to, to the other like, Quicksilver. I know, but the way the dude what? looks, it doesn't kind of, it doesn't really fit. Uh, so they made... It's like, is, it, is he, like, is he kind of dark? Is that what the deal is? No, or? it's just, it just looks odd. Okay. Looks like it's been frosted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Okay. It's not like a natural looking color. No. Oh no. Well, comparatively, the X Men. Who do you think won that setup? X Men oh, or Age of Ultron, hands down. Right. But right. that that other one's supposed to be like seventies Quicksilver. Yeah, so that's like, true. They goofed it up, I think. But yeah. What were you gonna say, sir? I' not entirely sure. Somewhere I got off track with the like five times jacket and the Scarlet Witch and the baby seals headlights. Yeah. Exactly. So what oh, there's there's new there's another oh some, this okay something else one more thing then we'll move on to books which is what people really come to listen to right right about our nonsense <sighs> well you know it's all nonsense yeah. um if any of you if you haven't heard of a book that was called came out uh, about a year ago Mike I think called uh, enormous yeah yeah uh, from Image Comics came out was a really big some bitch like printed big full on graphic novel style it was a giant book giant book awesome art um they had since moved from Image to a company called 215 Inc. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're putting out an ongoing series, which I guess, dimension-wise, I don't know if the ongoing series is going to be printed big or not, uh, but they're also running a web series uh, alongside the book, I guess. I don't know if they're supposed to be companions or not. It kind of sounds that way, but it's hard to say for sure. Uh, anyway, the first episode of it is out on YouTube. Uh, it's about nine minutes. Basically, you're dealing with giant monsters and people. So if you like Godzilla... You like kaiju? Of course, it doesn't quite have the budget that the kaiju movie had. It's probably be more like Cloverfield, where you don't see it. No, you see, you, you do see, you do see. At least, you see in the first, the first um, episode, you see, you see a monster, and it looks pretty good most of the time. There's only like one part where it's kind of you can sort of see where it's green screeny, but it's not bad. Like it really isn't. You only see it when you're being highly critical of everything. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Like I liked it. It was, it was, it was fun. But that's a new web series to watch for. Um, the guys at Back is Go to Hell, uh, their kickstarting went, went through um, as of today. But I think it ended today. Anyway, they uh, they met their goal, so at some point we'll see Volume 2 come out as a hardcover. Or don't, no, softcover, sorry. So that should be good times. Good, good for them. Probably just got to find a publisher now. Um, you know, I think they're going to put it out themselves and just release it show-wise and then people that ordered it. I don't know as far as, like, Diamond carrying it. Uh, hard to say. They'll probably uh, pick it up eventually. I would, I would assume so. I mean, only because they ran it before. <laughs> it's possible that the original trade solicit is still a valid one. Like, the whole... Diamond works weird. Like, if you miss a date with a comic book, like a regular book, in you're not like Marvel or DC, they boot you from the catalog. Kind of like they did with Super. Kind of like, yeah, exactly, what they did with Super. Super, first issue, one, two, and three come out. They're great. Um, four and five, at this point, don't aren't going to get a regular release, they're but they are going to put out a trade. Either. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna so have to self. They're gonna have to self-release the trade, but the trade apparently the trade listing is still a valid listing with Diamond because we haven't gotten to that point and passed it yet. So, in theory, we should see the trade version of it, which kind of sucks if you bought the first three issues because you're like, hey, I like the individuals for the next two. But I don't know. The story's been good enough. Do you want to get the other ones? I maybe. You know, and the art's great. They just I don't know whatever whatever dead whatever deadpan them, killed it. A little bit. 
But anyway, so eventually the trade will come out, so I guess if you didn't get a chance to pick it up at all, hey, you'll get all five together, lucky you. For not buying the book before. Mm -hmm. Good job. Yeah. Let me point my finger at people. <laughs> all right. I think, was there something else? I think that, that might have been it. That's probably it. That's it. All right, okay. Uh, I want to give a shout-out real quick to a couple guys that listen to us. Uh, our, my buddy, uh, uh, living in Corpus Christi, Texas, Joseph Ruiz. He's uh, he writes plays, does directing of like studio house play stuff. It's pretty cool. He currently does like remodels for how, for houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. Anyway, he listened to us. So hey, that's a shout out for you, buddy. And Brian Carey, uh, who apparently was listening to us when he was over in uh, China, I think Ch he was over oh, yeah. doing some crazy. China. Yeah, China, China, Japan. I can't remember. He told me a couple days ago when he was back, and yeah, apparently he started listening to us over there, which is really cool. So, so I tip my hat to you, sir. Anyway, uh, so let's do uh, Silver Surfer number one. Does that sound like a good time? We want to do Batman and Robin twenty nine. Don't matter. You want to leave with you want to leave with the what, what people really want to hear about? Batman and Aquaman, or you want Silver Surfer? Let's, let's do some Surfer. All you get to score cards at home. Silver Surfer one. Who can we thank for this steaming pile, Rob? Steaming pile. I don't know. It's not a good way to describe <laughs> Holy it. Crap. <laughs> Off to a good start. Well, no, let's move on no, to a no. different book. I don't no, know. <laughs> a lot would appreciate I mean, that. It's not. Well, let we'll, me give that another. Who who writes and makes the art for this book, Rob? <laughs> well, Mike Allred and Dan Slott. Well, again, Dan Slott, fantastic, and Mike Allred. You know what? I take him or leave myself. But this particular book, I do like that. And of course, looks. Laura Allred also doing the color. Who? Laura, Laura all right. his wife. Oh, yeah. there we go. Always, she's that, always. That's what I like. Strange that she's. That's good. It's a good, it's <laughs> good way, cover. good place for her to be. Needs to earn her keep. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying no, man. I would never. <laughs> they work well together. That's they what do. Yeah. It's like the Dodsons. <laughs> They're awesome. So I don't see why. I do like the way this book looks. Really, I really do. I also like the Vampire though. So you said they were going for like a Kirby-esque feel to it. Okay, I guess we could feel that. Yeah, that's, I can see that. It's definitely kind of psychedelic like that. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, all Reds, I mean, even since Mad Man days, it was a little bit like that. Yeah. Like, in Mad Man stuff I like, too. There's just some stuff in the middle there that was kind of like, eh. For, for me, this feels exactly like every other book that he's ever done. So, Like a crap. It's okay. I don't think that's what you, Is that what you're saying? I, I say we can move on. Choke a donkey. I'm gonna say that if he's going <laughs> for if he's going nice. for uh, for Jack, I don't see it. But that's okay. That's just me. It's pretty epic. <laughs> but either way, uh, we begin the story with uh, these two little twin girls, and it's about 12 years supposedly in the past, and they're on. Um, Anchor Bay. Anchor Bay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's the name of the city. Yeah. Either way, though, um, they're seeing a falling star, and they both kind of make a wish on it, and one of them wishes that she can go around the world and see all the great places, go to China and go to England and go to France and see the Great Wall of China and all that stuff. And the other one's like, oh, that's what I want to do, too. And the first girl gets all upset for her copying and and she eventually is like, oh, why would you ever want to leave this place? It's such a great place. So I hope that that star gets to keep falling forever so that it doesn't ever everybody fall out of the sky. Yeah. yeah, everybody can have a wish. And the other girl storms off because she's like, oh, this is such a stupid wish. And the father is kind of like, oh, that's a great wish because nobody thinks about wishing for the star. 
you know, they just kind of wish on it and never think about it again. And uh, as we're kind of having that last moment and seeing out over the ocean, we get to kind of zoom in on the star and find out that the star is actually the Silver Surfer coming into the atmosphere. And presumably, at least I, my take on it was that this was when he first came to Earth. I think so, yeah. Uh, seeing it as a, a planet for Galactus to eat. And then we kind of jump to right now, and Silver Surfer's kind of his own guy, and he's rekindling a little miniature sun in this uh, really kind of small universe. Like a pocket and, universe. It's really pretty awesome, because he's, like, he's on the board with all these little planets around him, and he's basically restarting their sun, which is kind of freaking awesome, actually. Kind of the opposite of what he's known for. Well, yeah. In general, I mean, usually he's leading Galactus to destroy everything, or destroying everything so Galactus can eat it. And, like, that whole... It's really pretty awesome, because the way it looks is great, too. Like, it just looks bad. It just looks badass. It's pretty cool. But, um... He kind of leans down to the planet, and they're all thanking him and, like, worshipping him. And, like, within a matter of moments, they create these incredibly ginormous statues of him holding their planet, kind of. And he's he's very much like, I don't want this. I don't want to be your god, you know. Um, I don't need your praise. I don't deserve your praise. Yeah, he he still feels like he's making up for his time as the Herald. Which, I mean, really, it's it's been a while. But, presumably, before he came to Earth... He was pretty indiscriminate. It, as long as it wasn't his planet, Galactus was just eating it. So, but um, the people of the planet are all, oh my gosh, we hopefully we didn't offend you. Like they think that he's going to snuff out their sun mm -hmm. because of this. And he, so he's kind of like having to explain to him again, oh, I'm not really going to do that either. From there, he takes off, and we wind up finding out that he's got these two little sentry pods that are following him. They kind of appear out of nowhere. Yeah. They look kind of like floating eyeballs. Yeah. But they're, they begin to talk to him about whether he would like to be the champion for uh, the name for The Empiricon. The Empiricon, yes. And he's like, I don't know what that is. And so like we kind of flash over and we see uh, this guy behind the scenes who's like this uh, yellow-looking alien... Two mouths, like a Jedi robe. Yeah, two mouths, three eyes. He's pretty. He's pretty odd looking. Mouths threw me off. I had to double take right. that. No wait, wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's weird? Which one he seems to talk out of? Because he does both mouths. Yeah. It's like by beast. Mm, a little bit. Except it doesn't look like a turd. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good job. <laughs> Remember, Rob said earlier, you can find all this on Google. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're looking for Bybees, you can. Like he's pretty. Just turn your safe search on. <laughs> right, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, just in case. Man, uh, good preface. Thanks. But uh, from there, we kind of flash to a tack board with uh, all kinds of uh, different locations. So we have our girl now, 12 years older. Um, in England, and we can kind of see Big Ben in the background, and she's like checking her watch, and then in front of the Eiffel, Eiffel, bleh, in front of the Eiffel Tower, yeah. and then by the Taj Mahal, and then by the Great Wall of China, and it's by the Sphinx, and by the Leaning Tower of Pizza, Pisa, and she's doing like all the things that a tourist would do. So she's like checking her watch by Big Ben, and she's like running past Gaza and staring down the 
Great Wall of China and like covering her nose in front of the Sphinx and faking to hold the tower. And I'll, I'll tell you the truth, when I first saw this, I thought, oh my gosh, there's an alien sphere in every panel. <laughs> in every picture it's she's being tax. followed, but it's tax, yeah. And it makes sense a little bit after that. But like, I see what you're saying when you said that now. Like before, I, yeah, like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> alien sphere. It's good. Well, yeah, it's basically a picture board, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that the, the other twin that wanted to stay in Anchor Bay is... Uh, is they're kind of talking to her on the phone, and she's, of course, off traveling. And she's, you know, she, the, the sister that stayed can't understand why she wants to roam all the time, and the one that's left can't understand how she deals with seeing the same scenery all the time. And they do make a kind of full point, which is that this is the city that's known as You're Here, because it was the first one to ever put Wish You Were Here on the postcards. We kind of see she's got this really tiny room, and, like, her only pictures on there are her sister's pictures. Which I thought was weird when we saw it. Like, it, it it's a little weird. Yeah. Well, I think the small room pays off later, but... Yeah. Yeah. The fact that there's only those little pictures. But, uh... Anyhow, so... She kind of gets the call that people are coming, the guests are coming, and we find out that she and her dad have been running a bed and breakfast for probably as long as they've lived in this house. And so they're bringing in this whole new group of uh, tourists. tourists to the house, yeah. Uh, from there we go back to the Silver Surfer, and the two little sentry pods are talking to him about being this champion, and he's like, I've never heard of this place before. Why haven't I heard of this? And they're kind of saying, like, oh, well, you know, everybody who's visited has been promised to never say anything about it. And, uh, it's, it's hidden yeah, to, to keep it safe from Galactus. Yes. Right. So as he kind of is floating by, this wormhole opens, and these uh, soldiers kind of come flying out of it with these kind of weird space guns, and they decide like, oh, here comes the the surfer. He's one of the heralds of Galactus. So let's attack him. Yeah, they call him the herald. Yeah. And so they yeah they automatically open fire on. Let's assume that. He's there for whatever. He must be bringing bad reasons, which seems really brazen because like everybody knows that if a herald shows up, you don't you don't mess with the herald. And they call them gatekeepers. Yeah. And their guns look like keys. Yes, they do. Which is awesome, right? Can't even understand how it's possible for life to be hidden from him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he's he's got the cosmic awareness, and honestly, that most things aren't hidden from right the surfer anymore. So yeah, it's kind of a big deal. But um, from there, we wound up having uh, our two-mouthed guy show up in his, like, red sports bra vehicle. Oh. The vehicle might have a bra on it. <laughs> it looks the, pretty sportsy. I don't think the sporty. covered, but it's his red spaceship. Yeah. yeah, it's very sports car looking. And so he invites him into the uh, Empiricon world. And it's just basically, like... A giant multicolored city world, so it's kind of like kind of like Coruscant, except for with tons of colors. That's uh, some definitely some work for the colorist went in on that that oh, spread. Yeah, man. Wow. I, I imagine whenever she was, she was coloring it for him, I mean, there's trying not to put two colors next to each other because they would just be such a it's such a mess anyway. It looks so <laughs> crazy, man. Like, okay, so for a while. Me and Craig talked about this book called Jump City, Intergalactic Jump City. This is what Jump City looks like to me. 
It's like a crazy mess of different like cultures and cities all smashed together. And it's like a giant ball of city. It looks freaking crazy. It's, yeah, it's insane. And from there, we kind of jump back to Earth. And we actually have some really neat panel work where we're seeing the contrast between what's happening on Earth and what's happening with the surfer. So the top half is Earth and the bottom half is the surfer. For the top half, um, we're having our, our girl at the bed and breakfast kind of run the, the guests through through the, the bed and breakfast house. And so she's talking about you know the famous stars that have stayed here. Uh, how it had been in service for 85 years, and so, like, Nat King Cole had been here, Howard Stark had been here, Prince Grace had been here, Princess Grace had been here, and, like, a couple other people that, you know, the people who are visiting are like, oh, I don't know who that is, and they're like, well, you're not supposed to. <laughs> and they kind of go over to the fireplace, and there's this little tiny fish, and they're like, this is the fish that Albert Einstein caught when he was here, and one of the guys is like, oh, you got to be lying about that, there's no way, and they're like, well, if we were lying, we'd probably use the bigger fish. Yeah, it's a retardedly small fish. Mm, they kind of like carry on. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And they kind of carry on, and they're like, okay, well, here's the, the kitchen area, and you can kind of make your own food, and then dinner will be served at this point, and we have great live, or, or we have great, like, uh, shellfish and, and fresh seafood, and one of the people's like, oh, I'm allergic to shellfish, and he's like, if I eat shellfish, I'll die, and he's like, you're right, our fish is so amazing, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the dad saying that. You know, just and the like, daughter's like, dad, no, dad, no. Yeah. So yeah, the two of them have been running it for a while, and Dad might be a little whatever, but uh, yeah, it's pretty. I don't know, it's pretty funny. Like he's just carrying on. Like yeah. A joke. <laughs> but like all the panels are very uniform, and then you get to the bottom, and the panels are all slightly slightly skew, skew mm -hmm. and stretched out. And um, from here, like he's showing the surfer the world, and he's basically talking about, oh yeah, some of the suites on this planet are so luxurious that they have their own moons. And there's all sorts of fun things that you can do, like uh, you can do this downhill plant skiing, and it's these people skiing down petals of plants, and the server's like, oh, well, wouldn't this destroy the plants? And I was like, oh, no, no, this is all, it's all perfectly balanced so that the snow is just pollen and the skis are like bees. So, like, everything kind of works out in this world, even though it doesn't make any sense. And that's one of the big things that the surfer's talking about, is like, there's no way that this planet makes sense. Everything that's built here is just chaos. It doesn't even make sense architecturally how it could be. And the other guy's just been here so long that he's just like totally used to it. So he's like, oh, we just gave up figuring out why it works. It just does. And then we go from there and we see the people that are kind of freaking out. And because they still recognize him as the Herald of Galactus. And he's like, I don't understand how you get, have all these people keep this as a secret. And they're like, well, fear of Galactus can bring everyone together. So as he's seeing kind of this impossible city, he's uh, he's kind of made up his mind that he wants to help them. So he's like, yeah, I think I might be your champion. And they're like, well, we have one more thing that you got to kind of do to see if we're uh, going to have you as our champion. We have to put you in this uh, this ray, the motivator ray, to see if uh, if you're willing to do this. And when they zap him. Like, we kind of see his whole life play out in the reflection of his body. That's a really cool panel. It was a pretty cool panel. There was something about it that bothered me a lot, and I know it's just me, but he's got, I don't know, he's got, like, weird energy in his mouth. I don't know. I think those are teeth. What are you talking about? Maybe. The surfer? Mm, 
It might just be his teeth and just kind of looked shit. weird to me. Drove me nuts in this he's, panel. He's shiny. It's reflective. Drew, drew me a little nuts. That's okay. But yeah, the, the images on his body are really cool. Kirby dots everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all the motion lines around him. Kirby crackle. The way, mm -hmm. the way he's it's colored there. in like random pieces of space. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Anyhow, so... They run him through the motivator ray, and they're basically like, "Oh yeah, okay, well, you're you're good to go now." We wanted to make sure that uh, we had something to keep you motivated and, and, and being a part of uh, of saving us from um, this this dark queen. I think it's called. I don't remember if they called it a spiritual yeah. name or not. Flashback to our girl on Earth, and she's off in a room looking at her to-do list for tomorrow. And she kind of starts thinking, like, maybe I should be running around the world instead of being here all the time. And there's kind of this yellow blast of energy. And we find her in this weird like, kind of box collection, like almost like a prison. Space zoo. Maybe, yeah, you can see that. Space zoo. I think... Is that I the think, first thing he said tonight? Uh -huh. Yep. I think science sells when I see it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But the science sells... Had <clears throat> these are like kind of weird. Well, I guess they kind of have an organization to them. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or just... ISO cubes from Judge Dredd. Yeah. 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 It reminded me of a Easy. cabin in the woods. I was yeah. gonna say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and all the monsters are in. Weird. Yeah. About that and so we see uh, a bunch of different people kind of in these cubed cells. All different kind of races, like crazy aliens. Mm-hmm. Now these are the the important people of the previous champions well, that didn't survive is that, that if that's, I that's what we that's what we find out here pretty soon oh. yeah. in fact we actually have uh, a kind of gray-skinned alien who's yelling uh, where's my son where's Battlejack awesome name. and evidently mm -hmm. other people can hear people talking and stuff in these little cubes because the guy below him is like keep it down you old fool and there's another one that says plorp yep whatever that means yeah. And then there's a fish person that's making bubble sounds. Yep. Makes and then, sense. Uh, and then we get our Earth girl, and she's like, what is going on? <laughs> it's probably good she also wasn't making bubble sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually, it's it's this panel right here. You can really see the energy in that one. Okay, yeah. That's the one that... It wasn't the other one, it was this one? No, it was this one. Okay. Okay. nuts. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Either way, he's basically like, all right, yeah, I can... Whatever, this dark queen, I'll go ahead and take the job, it's no big deal. And then they're like, uh, they start kind of mentioning that the motivation... No, I, I guess it's a, they're first explaining what the queen is about. Right. Whatever this uh, dark, queen, whatever. dark queen is. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, he's talking to him a bit and he, and he mentions that other combatants have gone up against it before. Right. And they failed. And uh, so he's like, wait a minute, you mean there's been people that you got before me? And they're like, well, of course, yeah. You know, we didn't want to come to you first because you're one of the heralds, so. Uh, the last guy was Battlejack. And I was like, who's, who's Battlejack? And so they're like, well, let's go ahead and show him the footage of Battlejack. My dog with a bandana. Yes. Your dog's got a weird-looking face. Nope. He looks like he's from Kiss. Yeah. And so we get to see Battlejack. For a minute, and he's getting ready to fight, and like he has his whole 
like crazy battle statements like come on queen of ne I've never I'm Battlejack of Jackstar 9 in the name of the Empiricon and for the fate of my father you shall not pass and then just this big stony hand like shoots him with lightning and then he just screams and the alien guy named Zed just kind of is like yeah it just goes on like that for a while it's <laughs> also how I punish my dog uh, and uh, eventually, you know, the surfer's like, wait a minute, what did he mean about for his father's honor? And then that's when Zed, like, goes, finally relates to him, like, oh yeah, uh, to make sure you don't run away, we steal somebody that's really important to you and hold them as kind of collateral. And so all the cells that we saw before were people who their champion died, evidently. And they still are holding on to the person that was important to them. And so he's like, well, you need to show me who this is. And, like, he starts, like, naming off people that it could have been. People from his planet. And ultimately, the one that they show is our girl from Earth. And he has no idea who she is at all. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so. But like the motivator, Ray, it knows what he's going to be. So she may play that important part in his life. Well, I assume that... Yeah, she'll eventually become something important. They actually did, um, whenever they did the, the Marvel Now point one. Point one book, Yes. Uh, they had a whole thing with him and her where they have quite a relationship. She's right in front of his board. Yeah, I kind of thought that it was a closer to where we'd be in this, but... Yeah, I don't think the Doctor Who side of it's going to start until after we get past whatever this queen thing is. Yeah. Because at some point... And the server's got to get tired of their nonsense and then break everybody out of the weird prison and see how that goes. But yeah, I think the whole come travel with me to the galaxy is probably going to start at second arc, maybe, as a guess. Because whatever the queen is, I mean, she seems like a giant unless Jax is like really tiny. Because that hand is huge. And he, you know, for all intents and purposes, we have to assume that Battle Jack is a regular sized dude. Yeah. Well, his dad looked a like a regular size. Right. He looked about the same size as she was. So, in theory, whatever this queen is, is giant. So, good luck with that, I guess, Surfer. <laughs> uh, my just my amateur guess on it is that basically so that the Empiricon can have this planet that doesn't make any sense, that breaks reality, there has to be kind of a counter to that. And so, like, all the negative sides of broken reality are this queen. Oh, man, yeah, I can see that. And okay. so, like, to keep their nice planet, they've been fighting off all the negative things that could happen. Huh. So that's my guess. Is she's the second side to this impossible city. But I do think she's a giant. Right. So. Huh. So you think we, we, we meet her and she's got, like, crazy city face? I don't think but, so. like, dark city face? Hmm. Or maybe she'll have an eyeball that's just really trying really hard to escape out of her. It's possible. It her in her head? I doubt it. She'd have to have two if she knew that. If she only has one eye, you can't really tell. It would be really hard to tell with all red anyways. So. Oh. Wow. But, uh... No, I, I think that's true. I, I, think we've actually, I think we've actually seen some of the looks of her in, in the preview stuff. And, yeah? Yeah. So yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't look quite as crazy as, like, the city looks. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah. All right, uh, Mike, score for book. Pretty solid first issue. It's not uh, not too awful serious, not but it's not 
humor's not over overdone. Yeah, art's, art's pretty cool. Cosmic stuff. Well, I'll give it a give it a give it a three. All right, Mr. Curtis. I'll give it a three as well. And it does if you've read uh, Pacific Comics Space Rangers with Captain Victory. It really has that because yeah. Kirby did that, and it really has that kind of feel to it. Right, I'm going to have to write Captain Victory. It's good stuff, three. Ross? I'll give it a three and a half. I liked it for being a first issue and not knowing much about it. And right. Good place to not know anything about Surfer and start. Yeah. They kind of give you a background story and they catch up. And yeah. They're like, now he's trying to pay for his sins. Yeah, exactly. I think it's because of the Battle Jack. Well, that too. He's going to start yelling, Battle Jack! <laughs> <laughs> Man. For then I think He-Man now too. Right, I, I think it fits both places. Uh, you know, I I give it a three also. Like I, like I said before, I mean I could take or leave all red depending on what he's drawing. Like I always liked the way Madman looked. I, I like the, I like the way the Surfer looks. Um, what was the one with the the It Girl? Like I liked the way when he drew It Girl, I liked the way she looked. Not mm. that I didn't like the other people, but I I really liked the way he did her. Well, his She-Hulk she in the FF was a little suspect. That's what I mean. Yeah, like the She-Hulk. The rest of it was fine. He does Batman 66, too, right? Uh, he did. I think he did. And then Jonathan Case took it over. And then oh, really? Fill in for so, I mean, as far as, like, art's concerned, like I said, it depends on what he's doing, whether I like it or not. But I like the way the surfer looks, even the weird teeth. I think he's doing all the variant covers. The Batman 66 variant covers. He's a busy dude. Yeah, some of the variants are pretty awesome, actually. I'll be honest, I give it a three. Rob? I'm probably giving it a two. It's it's a solid book. It's just, I don't know. I I guess probably I got tainted from the Marvel Point One, because I I imagined it was going to be more of that. But... You're looking for the crazy crazy adventures with the Silver Surfer in space. I... Just imagined it kind of getting on it a little bit more okay. than it did. It uh, just... I, like I said, I think the Doctor Who side of things will probably pick up. Yeah. No, I'm sure it will. It was just okay. Every time you say Doctor Who, I keep thinking Doctor Seuss. <laughs> Almost the same. And I think the art would fit that perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. It's kind of, yeah, right. It's kind of Doctor Seussian. I, I can see that. I don't know if that's a real term or not, but there you go. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, Forever Evil, The Rogue's Rebellion, number six. Solid. Man, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, the Rogue's Rebellion really surprised me, actually. Like, I, I I haven't read Argus, and I've heard good things about it, too. But, like, Rogue's Rebellion, like, everything we love about the uh, Superior Spider-Man foes, like, this book is that. Like, Spider-Man, Superior Foes of Spider-Man... It's like the same thing, as far as like villain types. It man, it is really. No. Yeah, it is. No, this is this has a more serious tone to it. Well, it's true. Only yeah. at the end. No. No. Nah. Throughout the whole. <laughs> well, the yeah. whole world's oh. destroyed. You I gotta read it. I did read it. Oh my bad. <laughs> we we know it's good because I'm pretty sure we've done every issue of it so far. I don't think we've done every issue. Like three and four, we probably didn't do. Like, we're pretty close. We did the first one. Um, we, we, we may have done some of the middle ones, but uh, but yeah, no, I, it's it's definitely good. Like most of the Forever Evil stuff, I actually thought was really really good. So, but the Rogue's Rebellion, I didn't think it was going to be like probably my favorite. It really is. They did a great job of it so far. So, 
good stuff. Art's been great. Story's been awesome. I don't know. It, it's just a fun book. You're dealing with those weird villains, man. It really is like Superior Foes. It really is. Well, it was better than the... I think it was just what I haven't read, though. I didn't read the whole thing, but I, what I've read is better than the Arkham one. Mm. I, I didn't mind Arkham. It was okay. This but one's this a little one's more a little fun. Better. I mean, as far as, like... Yeah, it's a dark situation. Like, I don't know, you got guys dying left and right, but you, like, feel bad for these guys. Whereas before, they're like, ah, the Flash jacked him up. Awesome. Yeah. You, you kind of get, mean? you kind of get, like, the retard villains of the DC Universe, yeah. too. Well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. A very insensitive term to use. Villains? <laughs> DCU. Oh. <laughs> it is, oh, yeah, DCU. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Hurtful. Well, then... <laughs> if, you, if you recall from the last few times that we've talked about it, the rogues are not in a very good spot. They're being hunted by the uh, the crime syndicate. Yes. Um, because they refuse to destroy... And I always screw this up because I, I want to call it something else, but it's the gem city. Is it Century City? Central. Central, Central City. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of the context of these stories has been Mirror Master. Right, getting, well, Mirror Master you know, and Captain Cold Bowl. Cold's out pretty quick, but yeah. yeah. He's out cold? Well, <laughs> he was out in the first issue, so yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And actually, he got the biggest change because he lost his yeah. his cold powers. Mm. Which was actually something I thought was great about this at the very end. We, They don't actually magically adjust, so we'll explain that here in a minute. But um, it, it's a lot about Mirror Master kind of stepping up and being the leader of this group. Because they really they don't have a lot of people that are, like, going to take charge. It isn't Captain Cold. It was uh, Gold Dust. And both mm -hmm. of them are out. Yeah. And so, um, but also Mirror Master is having this problem with his powers ever since he was pulled out of his Mirror World right. by Gold Dust. So, you know, what what is neat about it is that these characters aren't necessarily super powerhouses, but we get to see them use their abilities very well. At this point, they've gotten back to Century City, and they're being... Or, I'm sorry, Central City. They're being hunted by the Royal Flesh Gang, and we just saw Grodd and like a whole army of other villains show up to face off against them. Yeah, and the main thing you got to remember is the Syndicate also put them... Uh, has put a price on their head, so the whole reason that everybody's after them is because... There's a price on their head, so mm -hmm. everyone wants the, wants money, wants to collect them for money. Well, then standing with their group, so get a lot of like really cool panels to begin with. Golden glider, glider. Is it glider? Yeah, it's, it's glider. glider. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Glider, yeah, glider. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's it's sad because like. They did such a good job setting all these characters up, but yeah, my memory name capacity is not always that great. Anyhow, um, what we're kind of bringing home is that all the people that are still left in Central City are, they're in a bad way. And we see this kind of supervillain battle that's going on out here, and the rogues are kind of the, the heroes of the situation. Right. Um, the other thing that we get to play out is that Glider's body has been left in the care of the Pipe Piper. Right. Who has not been 
a villain for a little while now or a hero for a little while. Right. Um, even in the regular Flash story stuff. He showed up at the beginning of this, but has not really been around with the rest of the group the whole book. But he was left to protect uh, Glider's physical body while the rest of the rogues faced off against this, this whole army of them. And, I mean, it's it's Gorilla Grodd, it's Parasite, it's all of the Frightful Five, it's surprisingly enough Amazo, which yeah. I didn't even know if he existed in the regular continuity. It was weird seeing Amazo there. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure they have, like, gosh, I can't remember his name, he's, like, made of tar, I think it's Plasmus. Oh, oh yeah. He's kind of hanging out in the background. And so, yeah, like, the, the rogues are really outgunned. And uh, the issue before this, we presumably have lost Heatwave. He may have sacrificed himself to save the rest of the group. And so it's just Trickster, Weather Wizard, and Mirror Master. And they're facing off against all these guys. And honestly, like, Trickster gets to play probably some of the best parts of the whole story, but... We got Trickster, and he's facing off against Gorilla Grodd, and he's complaining about how... Like, you give the guy who got his arm ripped off by Grodd... The job of The job of actually Grodd. fighting him. And, like, Weather Wizard's like, I'm fighting the whole army, and so he's, like, actually taking on the five plus multiplex. And actually, like, Trickster, for being as kind of dumb as he seems, he seems to be manipulating Grodd pretty well, actually using him to attack other members of the society. Yeah, he's running him into everybody. Like, I, he's making him mad. and Yeah. Yeah, and so he's actually lashing out and he's attacking other characters that would help him. But um, the Piper came to a realization that if he stayed and guarded her body, like, even if she came too, none of the people that were important to her would be left. Right. So... Yeah, if the Rogues are all dead, then who's there for her to wake up to? So he decides he has to get into the battle, and um, so he kind of starts turning the the tide in their favor by blasting a whole group of them with his his flute powers. Piping powers, Rob. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how, how the Piper's abilities work in this one, but he seems to be able to do both energy attacks and, um, like, like almost mental control. control, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say mind control and blast. It's probably from the sound of the music. Oh! Yeah. 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 Dance, dance, gorilla, dance. Right? <laughs> I was going to say monkey, but gorilla makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Actually, one of the ones that's with him is, um, Parasite. And so, he actually starts using, uh, the, the power of his was playing to uh, to feed Parasite. Mm-hmm. And of course Parasite's like, oh yeah, I love this. Right. And just is coming towards him. And, you know, like, when he first was doing this, I was like, oh no. It's not a good, this is not a good thing. <laughs> like, we're going to kill everybody with Parasite because of this. Um, and actually, there's another great scene here where, you know, Gorilla Grodd's been chasing uh, Trickster this whole time. And Trickster's just flying out of his reach. And so he actually grabs Microno Genius and throws him at Trickster. Pigs him out of the sky with it. I totally forgot about so, Microno Genius. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was great. Was he the one? Oh no. Trickster's on this. This starts to say the Planet of the Apes line. Yeah. I thought it might have been him, Microno Genius. In this well, actually, it is Microno Genius. I'm sorry. Is he it? Says that, yeah. Hey, get your stinking paws up. And then he, like, throws him. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's great. Um,. But we find out that the Pipe Piper's whole plan was to use his kind of mind control ability with the pipe to get Parasite to take out Gorilla Grodd. 
And so he commands, basically, Parasite to go fight Grodd. While the rest of the, uh, while the rest of the rogues are trying to figure out what to do next. And the rogues basically are like, we're out of luck. Like, nothing that we do is going to be enough. But if we're going to die, like, it's better to die now. It's better to die like this. Die standing for something than standing for nothing. Yeah, show that we, we were trying to protect this city. Like, like in the end, we might we are what we are, but we went out like heroes. Right. And we see kind of the Piper's power kind of reaching out through the city. And it goes by a lot of different people. It goes by people that are surviving and people that are hiding in buildings. And goes by people that are, you know, afraid that this is the end for everybody. And then we see one panel of it going past Glider's body. And evidently, the sound of, of his music was enough to... Like, kind of reawaken her. Yeah. And she shows up, and I'm pretty sure she's still in her ghostial form. So she's not actually in the physical body still. Mm -hmm. Which, hopefully she can reconnect. But um, her ability is that she can make other people intangible, like her. But she can also attack the physical world. And so she grabs the, the rogues and takes them away from this conflict for a minute. And they're basically like, oh man, well if you're safe now, we can just go. Right. And she's like, well, probably better not. But she, she's kind of a brains behind this. And so she realizes what they can do together. Right. And so she comes up with a plan and starts building up for everybody to do their part, everybody of, the to do their part of the yeah. plan. And so uh, Mirror Master creates this gigantic mirror. And she instructs the Weather Wizard to create a massive hurricane. And Weather Wizard's basically like, well, if I do that, to this level, like, we'll all be sucked into his mirror universe. She's like, don't worry about it. You know, I can make us all intangible, and so the wind will just pass through us. And Mirror Master is basically like, even if they go into the mirror world, I have no control over it anymore. And she's, she kind of explains to him that, you know, if you even have half the amount of faith that I have in you, in yourself, you'll be fine. <laughs> And so he, he agrees to do it, and so he creates the mirror. Weather Wizard starts making his, his windstorm, and Trickster's like, well, what do I do? What do I get to do? And uh, before she explains it, you know, we get to kind of see everybody get sucked into the gigantic mirror. And so she tells him that, uh, you know, his part is to, to finish it, it off. Yeah. And so he, you know, goes off and is like, eat fist, and shoots off his robotic arm fist to smash the giant mirror. And so, like, here they are, the most unlikely heroes, which the left of the rogues save the Central city. city. Yeah. And in the end, like, even in their, like, kind of celebration, they realize, like, the city's trash still. Yeah. And so, like, we may have won, but, like, is this really what victory looks like? And as they're kind of having that moment, you know, we get the reconnection between Glider and Mirror Master... We find that Mirror Master, like, he may have had this control the whole time. It was just his confidence it was all messed up because of what happened to Gliner. Well, yeah, he blamed himself the whole time for her getting hurt, so... Yeah. And uh, we kind of start seeing the people in the city come out, and um, there's a thing I didn't talk about a whole lot, which was, like, a lot of the internal dialogue with Piper was him talking about, like, even though he wasn't really a part of the rogues, or he didn't feel like he was really a part of the rogues, that they always accepted him. Even when he finally revealed that he was gay, right. the rogues didn't care. They yeah. were just completely fine with it. And he eventually dropped out and he became, you know, a vigilante. 
and eventually, like, you know, stayed with his boyfriend or whatever. But, like, it was never a thing with the rogues. Yeah, the only thing they had a problem with is when he started dating a cop. Yeah. So that was a problem because he was a cop. Because he's a cop. Because they're, they're criminals. But um, they kind of have the celebration, and the people of the city kind of come out and, like, actually react to them like they're regular people, you know, instead of just villains. And so kind of the end of it is, you know, we, we see the rogues together, and then the two kind of fallen rogues, because they don't know that Captain Cold is dead or not. And they presume that Heat Wave's dead. Right. But uh, what was cool to me was that Heat Wave, or I'm sorry, not Heat Wave, but um, Captain Cold actually looks like he still has his ice arm powers. So, like, even in their kind of, like, Force Ghost version of him, right. he hasn't been changed into regular Captain Cold again. Right. Which I actually thought that was pretty cool, because they, they wouldn't have known that. Because mm. they weren't around him after he lost his power. Right. Well, they, I mean, they through this whole thing, they've been shaking up and breaking apart the rogues and putting them back together. And yeah. I don't know. It's like a shake-up of their group being a group. And then in the end, they only fit with each other, so that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. That ends, it reminds me of The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Okay. And I just I just put that together when you were explaining it. It does remind me of The Breakfast Club. I can see that. Yeah. So. Yeah, one of the big themes of the whole story was, like, the rogues being together. And, like, you know, the characters would be... Oh, I wouldn't come back for you if the situation got bad. <laughs> right. But then they come back, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, well, at least once when they, whenever they're getting the gym to make uh, Mirror Master's gun. Like him and Heatwave are both in that. I think it's like issue five, maybe four. Probably four. Four or five. Mm -hmm. And like at one point, like Heatwave gets distracted by shiny things inside of the whole Wayne Tech building. And the ladder winds up falling out from underneath him. Of course, they both blame each other. But in the end... Like, Heatwave gets jacked up by a bunch of man bats, mm -hmm. and he's like, I w and Mirror Master basically saves him, comes back and gets him. He's like, I wouldn't have come back and got you. He's like, yeah, you would have. And then out they go. You know, even at one point, Weather Wizard left, and then he came yeah. back, too. So it's just, yeah, it was really pretty, I don't know. It's just the way the rogues work is really cool. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much always been a rogues type thing, right. too. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, once you're a rogue, you always, you yeah. always yeah. are. The, the only thing that wasn't there for me... No Captain Boomerang. But he hasn't been a part of the Rogues in the New 52 yet, so... Yeah, ever since the whole death of Junior and yeah. return from what is what is Brightest Day, what is not Brightest Day, is still yeah. right. Uh, evidently, he's he's still Brightest Day Boomerang, because he makes energy boomerangs. So Yeah, this is weird. But, uh, yeah, they they do a great job of the story, so <laughs> I was really impressed. Curtis Score, go. I really... This is the first time I've actually... I read about the rogues and I really, really thoroughly enjoyed the whole series. Yeah. I'll give this one probably a four. I'll give a five to the whole series. Cool. Yeah. It's a very good series. And honestly, like Trickster, holy cow, for such a character that has kind of been under the radar forever, he shines really well in this story. So does mm. the Weather Wizard. All of them yeah. are oh, really yeah. good. I had no idea he could pack that kind of a punch. Yeah, Weather Wizard's power has never been used like to that degree, I don't think. Yeah. And if, if so, we've never really seen it. Not that I've seen it, but... Yeah. Yeah, he's he's gotten a lot of changes from the uh, from the regular Flash series, and it was like they for a while in the Flash series they were just going through each rogue, mm -hmm. and like this is a great culmination of using all the stuff we've learned about them through that. That's true. Yeah, with Captain Cold. Yeah, starting with the freezing the cities, the reservoir, and the harbor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Ross, I'd probably give it the same score as Curtis. Actually, four and a half and five for the series. Yes. Rogues. I've always really liked the rogues and. 
they do really good in the series. Right, right. Yeah, I, you know, I give it a four and a half too. I mean, series wise, it's a it's a home run of the group. I mean, I, I I'll give you the other the other one or Gotham I've liked too. Haven't read Argus, but Gar- Gotham I've liked. Of the two, though, if I could only pick one, I Rogues would have been the better one to choose. Uh, but yeah, I give it a four and a half for the book. Rob, uh, I completely agree. Um, before the New Fifty Two, I was not you know I I liked the Rogues, but I didn't really know much about them. And so I've been really, really happy with the way they built them out. And yeah, out of the three, like this was the big surprise to me. Like I, I kind of felt like Argus was going to be pretty good, and Arkham War I thought would be the best, but it wasn't. The Rogues they just took it and ran it completely away. So, is Mike? I'd have to agree. I'd have to, uh, as far as the Rogues go, they don't really portray them as a team. It's more of a family. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Four and a half. Definitely. Right. It's going to be a kind of a weird comparison, but it kind of reminds me of old Justice League International, mm-hmm. actually. It does. Huh. From before New 52? Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, I can kind of see that, because some of them were kind of like rough and bumble type. Mm-hmm. And this guy Gardner's early, earlier heydays where he's mad at everything. Not that he's not now, just, you know, back then it was harder to take. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, I, I guess I can, I can see that a little bit. Even yeah. even in the newer series, the 52, that kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, I can see that. Especially with Godiva coming in. Oh, right, yeah. I had no idea who she was, but she worked with the team very well, just like Glider did. Right. She kind of just strung them all together. Yeah, I think I... You know, I, as far as characters are concerned, yeah, the, the Pipers changed a little bit, and they, overall they changed the powers. It's like they dialed back the powers with Mirror Master... Gave him the gun again. Uh, Captain Cold had a similar thing happen too, but like I don't know, this way they showcase all of them. They they made all their abilities have points. Mm-hmm. Even Trickster with his weird robot arm and crazy fiery uh, flying boots. I mean, he's the only one that could get away from uh, Poison Ivy in like issue four. Yeah, his mm-hmm. his boots let him blast away from her. Of course, then he wasn't made out with her, which I mean, brilliant, except for the fact that she poisoned him. Yeah, still, I mean. Good job, guy. Yeah, they they did a great job of using a bunch of the abilities really well. Right. And and, and another issue, what the um, somebody was trying to oh, Clayface was trying to copy Weather Wizard's abilities, mm-hmm. and so Mirror Master was making holographic duplicates of him all over the place, and he had actually moved Weather Wizard's body clear away. Mm-hmm. And when Weather Lizard, Wizard left, um. They went and they, rep, uh, they presented themselves to the uh, Royal to the Flesh. Royal Flesh Gang, yeah. and he had like I just like mere clones that were out there talking to him. So it was just reflections that they were talking to in the first place. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So like they've done a really neat job working these characters out. Yeah, it was good stuff. All right, uh, let's move on to real heroes. This is from Image. They didn't do any setup for this book, Rob. Brian Hitch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. he's Brian Hitch. Brian Hitch. <laughs> Went from Age of Ultron to this. Yeah, I, and he does everything on this. This you is know what? Saying that, okay, I kind of see. Okay, I could see little pieces of Age of Ultron story, like maybe where they're going. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think about that. Huh. Weird. Okay. Anyway. Well, they want to. They want to make sure that we firmly know that this is this is the real world. Right, and it's, so they they even go to the point of making sure that 
that we know the tragedies that happened in our world happened in this world as well. So we actually open it up with 9-11, and the, the second tower is just about to go down. And we have um, probably this character's mother who's on the phone, and she's talking to one of like the fire chiefs or whatever, because I guess the husband is out responding to the left tower. Yeah, we've got a little boy and his mom watching the, watching the, the fires on TV. Yeah. And the mom was calling, trying to figure out if her husband's okay, because he's one of the firemen that were working in the city, and he was called to go to the uh, the scene. And the whole time they're watching it, and she finds out that he's part of the group in Tower 2. And that uh, at that about that time, we wound up seeing Tower 2 go down on the TV. And this whole time, the little boy watching the TV is Chris. And uh, so they basically, the two of them will watch this happen. And then uh, from there, it flashes forward to current time, I guess. Yeah. It seems like that's where it moves from, from one to the other. Where, um, I believe, well, no, this is Chris. Yeah. We see Chris is an adult, and uh, he very much looks like he's a superhero, and he's battling this kind of crazy Hulk-looking thing with all these crazy veins coming out of him, and they're fighting over the city, and they kind of smash through the side of a building and smash into the city. There's lightning everywhere. And we got lightning everywhere, yeah. And we have this kind of crazy brain guy coming out and he's talking about enslaving the city and uh, we find out the uh, this Chris character now is calling himself the Olympian he's like you've never uh, the uh, the brain guy's like oh you've never beaten us before without the help of your friends so it's foolish that you came by yourself this time and he kind of starts laughing and the brain guy's like do you find your defeat amusing Olympian Something that you didn't think about, Brainchild. I didn't come alone. And we see this new character show up called Tiny Titan. Because it's like little tiny brunette girl. And she grows to being gigantic. And she's like, he brought the real gun, big guns with him. And she, she kicks like the Hulk looking guy away. And a whole bunch of little army characters away. And we have the brain guy yelling about, bring down the devastators. And these crazy robot ships come kind of flying down and start attacking the city and the Olympian's like no and he's like well you, now we're going to just burn the city and find your bones in it right and so he's like not before I take you out not before I lobotomize your mutant brain and he like attacks him and we find out that it's just a hologram from there he starts having to deal with the devastators that are now attacking the city so he and Tiny Titan are kind of battling them and he gets the call out to the rest of the heroes that are now coming in from outside the city and we see um, the Patriot and, I believe it's the Archer, or Longbow, Longbow yeah. kind of coming through the side. Longbow is uh, flying around on this uh, kind of hoverboard thing, shooting arrows at everything. And the Patriot is kind of got like a Captain America type uniform yeah. with a black kind of symbols around it. He looks more like U.S. Agent. Yeah, a little bit more like U.S. Agent. And he like injects this booster into his body. And so they're fighting against the destroyers, and then we flash over to um, a super fast kid, um, calling himself Velocity, and he's talking about you know fighting a whole bunch of them in another part of the city. He starts kind of taking out some of the soldiers, and then from there we see this guy in a wheelchair, and these other people being attacked by the destroyers, and he's like, "All oh, right, let's get to business." And he presses this button on the side of his chair, and it kind of crumples out and becomes. A giant fighting suit, and so he starts attacking, like fighting along with the with the rest of the group, the, with the rest of the group to kind of defend these destroyers. Right. Team wise, yeah, he's like a, he's a hulking machine, too, you know, man. Like Iron Man slash Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> like an Iron Hulk. 
That's what it's like. And then we kind of flash back. Uh, they, they realize, like, oh, we got to come together. Because if we all fight as one, we can just we can beat these. Uh, we can beat these devastators back. The Olympian is like, we do not stop until the last devastator is destroyed. And we see the Patriots like, my kind of plan. Let's move. And he goes his like big battle cry, like Olympians attack. And from there we pull back, and we realize we're in a movie theater. Yep. And we pull back further, and we see all the cast is in this kind of dark movie theater, and they're t- some of them are talking about what's going on in the scene. Mostly we got this character with the glasses and kind of longish hair, and he's talking about, like, oh, God, this, this is, is boring. Yeah, this is boring. Like, I can't believe that Chris is, actually seems like he believes the things that he's saying in this film. Like The line of <laughs> attack is so stupid. Yeah. He's, he's just kind of over it. And so he's, like, sneaking kind of out of the, out of the, uh, the theater, and then we kind of pull back and find out that this is, like, the big premiere at the Chinese theater... Um, for Olympians 2, and evidently Olympians basically like Avengers. Yeah. It wound up having like $7.2 million made, and this is like the biggest sequel that they'd, uh, they've announced in a long time. And so then they kind of go through and start doing profiles of all the actors in it. Right. And so the first one who plays the Olympian is, is Chris, and he talks about how you know, he's just really dedicated to doing this film, and like his his dad was like his hero, and he wanted to make sure that he would be proud of what he was doing now. And then we kind of flash over from there to the guy who's playing the Patriot, who's Danny West. And Danny West, they even use it in the description as basically like, um, gosh, Robert Downey Jr. and Charlie Sheen, and so he's he's kind of the bad boy actor who's right. had all these drug problems and issues, and his off-screen social life has made him. You know, more of a hindrance than a than a help. Than a help. Yeah. And even like his dialogue is basically like, yeah, you know, I'm really happy that we're working on this, but I just wish people could give me a fresh chance. And like, you know, that's in the past. I moved on. Right. Why haven't you moved on? And from from that point, we kind of flash back into the theater, where West has uh, he's left the theater. And he's meeting his like uh, go-between guy, like his his manager, or I guess his, he's probably like the organizer he's for the, the organizer event. for the event. And the, they they chat for a second, and then we find he's really out there to meet this girl. Yep, because uh, he's looking to score uh, some party favors and a good time. <laughs> and she's basically like, "Oh, we should get out of here and go to your place." And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. You know, I got to do some things after this, but maybe we can find somewhere here that we could." Uh, we could do that with, and we can see him like gesture towards the gentleman's restroom. And from there, we kind of flash back to inside the theater, and uh, Chris is kind of tapping on his cell phone, and the guy in the wheelchair is like, "Ah, somebody should be, uh, somebody should be tutting at you for being in here on your phone." Right. You know, like he's kind of, I don't know, he's he's very smart. Though the way that he comes across is like he really cares about what he's doing. And like it's in, it's important to him, right? And it's important to Chris as well. But like uh, the main thing is like his mom usually comes to all the premieres, and she didn't make it to this one, right? And so he was talking to her about that. Um, and then we kind of get some information from the coordinator because they're going to do some kind of special briefing afterwards, and they have a special thing that they were going to roll out for the film opening. Yeah, it's like a, it's a huge. They're all going to do interviews after the the movie premiere and. Answer questions, and they're going to have a huge 
like surprise thing that's gonna happen while they're while they're doing it, and the surprise is late, so it's still gonna be here on it's still gonna be here, but it's late right now, and so like he's just ensuring all of them that yeah we still have to do the press conference and there's gonna be a real cool surprise, mm-hmm. but the surprise is running late, and that's pretty much it. And we kind of cut to back outside again, and we see, you know, all these people that have been waiting to see him all day, and they're all kind of out there, like, in cosplay and this and that, and, you know, so like any kind of big movie release. Yeah. And then we kind of get to more interviews about the different actors. Um, and there we meet Jeremy Roberts, who is, uh, if if I understood it right, he was he was a child actor who's now developed... Multiple sclerosis, yeah, if I'm right. That's what it sounds. And so he's he's unable to to walk now, and he wound up becoming um, kind of stuck with the wheelchair. Right. And so his kind of point of, of being is like he's trying to show people like like if you're a wheelchair, you can still act. Yeah, you can still do things. You know, yeah. you don't have to let yourself be held back by by your it, you know your handicapped or whatever. Yeah. And so like he's actually pretty legit, like what he has to say. Um, and then we kind of cut to this, uh, the heroine, um, Longbow, and evidently she's also a child actor, and she kind of came up with Robert, um, I'm sorry, came up with Jeremy, Jeremy Roberts. Right. Well, she, yeah, her and the guy in the wheelchair, yeah. both of them were actors together when they were young, prior to his multiple sclerosis, so they know each other for a long time. And Nicola Fox. Yeah. And she's kind of talking about how their relationship with the characters in the film was kind of like their relationship, where they have this kind of platonic relationship with each other. Right. Um, but she's talking about, you know, being kind of this action star girl and, like, this being a different role for her. And so we kind of get from her that. Um, and then we kind of go over to... Okay, so then we go over to kind of super speedster uh, King Leo Washington... <laughs> Who plays Velocity in the film, and that he's gonna do uh, like a special rap premiere after the film? Yeah. And we kind of cut to him, and he's talking about how great it is that they all get to work together, and they're all like real heroes. Like the the song that he's gonna do plays in the uh, the end credits of the movie. It's named after the film, of course, real heroes as well. Um, and then from there we get to meet the last one, which is the uh, Tiny Titan. And they talk about her kind of having this uh, this whole book deal that she was doing before, where evidently she has lost a lot of weight to do this. And so she, they're they're kind of talking about this whole deal where she's uh, she's talking about be having the fitness and the shape that you're in, kind of thing. And I don't I didn't catch her name unfortunately, but we kind of get like the whole backstory of all these actors. Right. And like how they relate to their characters in the film, and by the time we get back to the the guys in the theater, we kind of see them kind of celebrating at the in premiere of the film, and they're talking about going out and being on stage, and they're looking for um, the Patriot the guy. guy. Yeah. And of course, you know, like Chris is like, oh, I'm sure he probably found somebody. He probably found some redhead to keep him occupied. And we kind of flip back to that, and the girl that Patriot was meeting. It's like, oh, you know what I really love after sex? Cocaine. Right. <laughs> and the Patriot guy's like, you know, I kind of like to clean up after sex, actually. And then get some cocaine. <laughs> so and so, like, he comes over and she's got, like, this little bag left. And he's like, oh, gosh, I wish you had some more of this. I have to deal with so many dull people. 
And so she basically tells him, like, oh, well, I'll go score some more coke, you know, for you at the party. Yeah. So, like, this whole new leaf that he turned over. This is a lie. Yeah, it's, it's all, like, facade. He's just learned to hide his drug use better, it seems. And so, of course, he meets the rest of them out in the lobby, and they're ready to go out and present themselves on stage. And we have a little bit of talk with the director of the film, where he's talking about... I'm going to make movies and stuff. Yeah. Are fun. These movies are great. Yeah. And so, then we get the, the big press reel, where they're all out there, and everybody's taking pictures and yelling at them, like, oh, we love you and stuff. And then it's like, they're talking about the big special... Surprise? Surprise that was going to be there for them. And coming flying out of the sky is one of the destroyers for the movie. One of the Devastators? One of the Devastators, yeah. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they even they brought this here. The media lady's talking about how, oh, they were all CG'd in the film, so they actually must have built one specific to show his here. Right. It, what a great thing that they did for it, and it's got such great detail. We'll get a little bit closer and take a look at it. And as she gets closer, it fires and just blows her apart. Right. Melt your face, lady. And like all the actors are like, oh my god, and it just starts blasting things in front of the Chinese theater. And everybody's freaking out. Cop cars are exploding and flying around. And the actors don't know what to do. They get, they're like running back into the theater along with the, I think the, the programmer guy. guy yeah. the programmer guy and like a like what looks like a dude that's attended at the uh, theater. Yeah. There's a guy in a suit. And they get rushed back in there, and they're trying to contact people. One of them's trying to call their agent because they're like, oh, this can't be possibly happening. This has to be like a malfunction of their equipment. Like, how could they put us in such danger? And then the Devastator smashes into the front of the theater. I used to see the program guy gets taken out by yeah. there. And they're, like, rushing towards the back of the theater to an exit, and they meet a guy that's, like, he looks like security for the building. Right. He tells them that they have a car waiting out back, and they're like, oh, finally somebody knows what's going on. We're going to get pulled out of this place. And they're rushed to the back, and he swipes his card, and there's this really strange kind of lock. Kind of green energy flashes over the lock, and as everybody kind of pushes their way through, they go from, uh, well, they kind of push their way through right at the last minute as the Devastator attacks the yeah, side of the building. Pretty much the entire inside of the building is just blowing up in red fire. Mm -hmm. They all kind of come following through, and they look like they're in a really dilapidated um, parking complex. Right. And well, uh, like dark gray colors, blue colors. Yeah. Kind of Chris and um, the girl who plays Longbow get real worried about trying to set back up Jeremiah in his wheelchair. Right. And um, Leo is super sick and keeps talking about how his his stomach feels bad. And they're kind of like, like Chris just can't believe it. Like he doesn't think this is even something that's really happened. Right. Like he can't understand what happened. But like he's almost not wanting to even believe that it happened. Right. Just in general. And Leo is like complaining about his stomach being sick, and he finally like starts throwing up. Right. And. Um, the girl who played Tiny Titan is like, oh my god, I can't believe you puked on my shoes. These shoes are so expensive. And, like, they're all kind of having little actor hissy fits. Right. With each other mostly, yeah. Finally, she's like, this isn't the parking garage. We're not going to be able to get out of here. And so she opens the door that they came through. And they're in New York instead of... L.A. L.A. And the New York that they're in is all torn up. Yeah. Like, 
destroyed. Buildings have been kind of blasted into, knocked down. It seems like it's been a while. Like there's even vegetation growing on the side of buildings. It looks like. And so now they're really like having a hard time like taking this in. And like Chris finally is like accepting that this is real, but like whatever has happened, like this is too much. And so as they're trying to kind of figure out what just happened, the guy that was kind of running security in the building starts telling them about how well this isn't this isn't technically your earth. And so he kind of starts explaining that the devastator that they saw was real. It comes from their side. And they're all they they they're all just kind of taking what he has to say to them. And he tells them that it's what they saw was real. What happened back there was real. And then all of a sudden he starts shimmering blue, and the security guy, the bald-headed security man, fades away. And there's this little old man with giant ears, like a regular-looking man, but uh, he's underneath the, I guess, the cloaked version of himself was the security guard. Yeah, he kind of steps out of the security guard image, and it's just him. And he kind of explains that like physics don't work the same over here, and so over here. They're the heroes they played in the movie. But they didn't succeed. And so he's brought them here now to try to help them fix this world. And so kind of the last page of it is looks like them all going like, you gotta be... Like, what the hell kind of Yeah, shot? you gotta be screwing with me. Like, there's no way. We're just, we're just actors. But... Yeah. That's pretty much where the first issue ends. Mm-hmm. So basically the whole thing is like Galaxy Quest, if you've ever seen that movie. Um, except in this parallel world, it's possible the powers are real. Which I kind of think might be why King Leo is sick. Yeah. He's a speedster. I have a feeling that his body is freaking out because in this world he really is a speedster. And the others don't realize that their abilities... Because, I mean, the thing about Longbow, I mean, she's, she's like Green Arrow or mm. like uh, Hawkeye. And you think the Olympian, would he really notice he became super strong? Probably not, yeah. And what about Tiny Titan? I mean, she shrinks and grows like Ant-Man. So would she know if she didn't try? Mm-hmm. Right? And then the U.S. agent-looking dude, the Patriot, I mean, he's pretty much a junkie. Yeah. But a junkie to fight for a cause. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as it being different, the only one that would really physically feel it probably is him. And that's why I think he got sick. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Anyway. Uh, aside from... Aside from his power for super speed, a lot of those characters, like, I don't know, their powers were oddly specific to them. So, oh. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a really neat, it's a neat story so far. Like, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, so. Yeah, I, I don't know, it's, a, it's written pretty well, and Brian Hitch does a real good job explaining, it, the first issue is very set up, because you get, here's this guy who's like Captain America, and here's this guy who's kind of like a mix between... I don't know, uh, the Flash and a rapper. Well, because he's a rapper, I guess, but he's kind of the Flash. Flashmaster. Grandmaster Flash? Yeah. Hey! But it's because he's fast, not because he's a DJ. Anyway, this really is like a, a kind of a knock at the Avengers, maybe a little bit, but it's not making fun of it. But it really is like, what if the Avengers, the guys playing the Avengers, had to go to a world where their powers were real, and what would happen to them? I don't know, I liked it. So as far as the first issue, I thought it was pretty fun. It's a weird idea. It's kind of like Superior? Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Well, it has its moments. But what I was, I guess I was getting at, it was like, all right, like the Olympian, he's, he's probably a real hero. 
like his his whole life has led him to be that. But like we go over to the Patriot and he's a junkie, is an actor, and his character the Patriot boosts himself with injections. Right. So he's kind of a junkie as a superhero. Right. And like the girl that shrinks and grows is all about like the weight loss that she just had. So yeah. shrinks and grows. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, their characters they play in the movie fit them in real life. Yeah. It's kinda like Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man. Yes. Because he fits Iron That's Man. true. It's the same way the same idea. Yeah. Anyway, uh Ross score for book? I'm give it a three. That's what I like. Um, you know, I I give it a three and a half. It was fun. Like I, I, I like the art style. Brian Hitch is a pretty good writer. Uh as far as like overall scope of it, I can't see it being an ongoing. I mean I don't know how long you'd be able to deal with them in the alternate world, but I guess if it is cool i mean i like the first book i think that whole out of time out of place i like weird time travel nonsense and this is like alternate reality so i'm like fringe it up man awesome <laughs> rob uh i give it a start with three and a half i i didn't realize that hitch had so much to do with it like i knew he read it or wrote it <laughs> but i didn't know he was doing the artwork for it as well right so like i'm pretty impressed with that but yeah it turned out really well so this mike i give it a three i get like you said it's a sad up issue but yeah. The first one's very heavily set up. I mean, you're, it's meet the cast. But it was done well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And like, so. Rob, like Rob said, I mean, Chris's dad was a, a hero, and so he's wanted to be a hero for his dad his whole life. So I don't know, like his setup as being like your Captain America mixed with Superman, pretty cool. I mean, he doesn't have the Superman powers, mind you, but that's kind of what he is. Yeah, he's, he's like the Boy Scout of the group. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Right. I'll say three. Right. What I like to hear. It was a fun issue. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. it. I, I did, but it's, it's a weird one from Image, so, you know, I don't know. I, I liked it. Yeah. I think if you get, get a chance to check it out, do it. I mean, probably, it's probably a lot like, what's the other book that we, we, that you, we said we had, you have to read one and two together to be able to be completely okay with it? What was that book? It was a while back, like six months ago. Oh, I don't know. Harbinger's like that. Yeah, Harbinger. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I don't think you really need that for this one, but the first one is really, like, meet the cast. And it's very heavily meet the cast. Action at the end, but, you know, it's like, here's our people, and good luck. Well, it's a, it's a great one. One of the things that kind of stinks about what we do now is that nobody can go into anything and not already know what's going on. Like, this is a great book, like, just to pick up and not have really looked into it. Because you get a great, like, kind of fake-out where you think that it's going to be a superhero book, and then it winds up being these actors, and then the attack... Right. But you don't, you don't get that anymore, so... Yeah. Anyway, good, 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 good read. Uh, let's move on to uh, Ghost Rider. The all-new Ghost Rider. Right. Can he just be Ghost Rider? No. Because we still have a Ghost Rider. So this is the all-new The book. Okay, fine. <laughs> all-new Marvel now. What? Marvel definitely likes its all-news right now. A-N-M-A? Or, hang on. A-N-M-N. Search for that in the database, and that's how you find these books. Oh, well, All new Marvel now. Yeah, that's what they're doing. It's re- yeah, it's, that part's a little ridiculous. That way, when you do look them up, yeah, alphabetically, all new, all new, all new. Yeah, that way the front of the list all the time. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ghost Rider, Trad Moore has something to do with this. Heck yeah. All right. If you, if you know him from Luther Strode or his random covers of Batman books, good. Deadpool books. Deadpool also, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Isn't he also doing the covers for Secret Avengers, or is that he yes. somebody just yeah, Secret Avengers? Yeah, mm-hmm. which I his art I usually hate. Yeah, his type of art. 
But I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's so dynamic. Right. I, it draws me to it. I liked it for Luther, and I liked it. I like it for this book like mm-hmm. a lot. Not so great for the covers of Secret Avengers, but Damn, whatever. Secret Avengers had to wear. Yeah, but you know whatever. But uh, yeah, this is a, it's kind of fun. They they made a big deal of this being the engine of vengeance. You know, so they they know that they're going with a, a car theme this time rather than the motorcycle. motorcycle. And actually, there was a really cool thing at the end of it um, where they're talking about why they went with the car, right? And like how that was kind of a unique thing. I thought that was pretty fun. I usually don't read a lot of that stuff, but you know, they they were kind of like, well, we felt it was like the progression because we start with the horse and then we go to the motorcycle, and so it felt like the motor car was like. Not the motor car, but the muscle car was like the progression. Hmm. And I guess the other thing was the writer is like, he was a big m- machine head. Right. And so... What more fits the character? I mean, like, Danny was, he was a motorbike rider in the circus. So, I mean... Well, Johnny was. Johnny, sorry. Yeah. Good job. Danny. Danny just likes Danny's his motorcycle. Different. He's like his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Johnny is the one I was talking yeah. about. Although Danny had better fashion sense. Yeah, hell yeah, he did. And Johnny has stole that sense. Yeah, you know. If it is not broke, don't fix it. There you go. But if it is kind of outdated, then fix it. Is that why there's a car now? What are we talking about? I, I, it's actually more pants. The pants. the cool thing was that it's more about like the writer. I think. Right. Is that he was more in tune with cars. Yeah. And no, so, yeah. It's just like the yeah the same way everything is like the way the new Venom is. When Venom is with Flash Thompson, he's more like a black ops agent. Mm-hmm. When he's with Crazy Eddie Brock, who's freaking crazy, he's like a giant. Lizard monster thing. Yeah. Symbiote. Anyway, same oh idea. God. Keep going. Anyway, so we get introduced to Robbie Reyes. And he's working on... Don't shake your head at me. He's, he's working on this muscle car in this kind of kind of ghetto-looking auto body shop. And uh, his boss comes out and is basically like, Oh, you don't have to finish the bike today. Because this guy's not going to come back. The car, yeah. Sorry. There's a bike in the scene, though. Doesn't matter. Which I thought was cool. Anyhow. It's <laughs> uh, so like, oh, the owner's not going to come back for it for another couple days, so no reason to rush getting it done. Right. And he's like, oh, it's time to get your money. And this is kind of odd, but, like, I guess there's, there's no way around it. We have to explain that, you know, yeah. these characters are Spanish. Right. The area looks pretty Spanish. Reyes. But he's he's paying him. Not by cash. a check or anything. He's like paying him by by cash in an envelope, and he kind of like he takes the envelope and he's like thumbing through the money. And the guy's like, "Oh, what? Don't you trust me that I give you the right money?" And he's like, "Well, I trust you to give me the uh, the twenty three bucks that you're short." And he's like, "Oh, it's just, it's just an honest mistake, man. This normal, honest, everyday work that happens sometimes." And he's like, "Well, you know, like lets him knock off for the day, right?" And um, from there, we kind of flash over to another part of the city and we see uh, these kind of three kind of hoodlum kids and this kid in a in a wheelchair motorized, motorized wheelchair, wheelchair. Yeah. and he's got like uh, some comics with him and the kids are like oh hey where you going speed racer hey let me take a ride on that wheels of yours and like they kind of push him into this alley and take him out and like just throw him in this puddle yeah, they drag him out of his chair and they throw him on the ground. And they're, like, messing with his comics and stuff, and, like, one of them's getting in there and, like, driving around his wheelchair. And, like, they're just, like, totally taking advantage of these, of this, like, kind of really defenseless kid. Yeah, he seems <coughs> like he's, he's... The kid's more worried about the comics than he was about his about his 
wheelchair. Not that he wasn't worried about that too. Yeah. But he, the way he talks, he's kind of he's there's something wrong with him. I he's think he's just, I think just, he's more handicapped than just yeah. that he's in a wheelchair. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, they don't really disclose how much no. so, uh, aside from you know a pretty crude remark by some of the the guys that beat him up. Right. But um, Robbie comes out of just like left field here and just. Starts punching the hell out of him. Pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, he just totally decks the first guy, jumps on the, the other guy, knocks over the bike, and he's just pounded on him until one of them pulls a gun. Right. And, uh, and from there, like, he kind of lets them work him over because he doesn't want to get shot. He doesn't want his brother to get shot. And we kind of find out from pretty quickly that it's his brother from there. Right. And, like, he manages to get the books and stuff, and, like, he carries them home, and he's basically like, yeah, that chair sucked anyways, we'll get you a better chair. Right. You know? And the kid's like, oh, you're my hero, you came in, you saved me. And you kind of see in his face that he's like, I don't feel like a hero. Right. I feel like I can't do enough. Actually, like, really good kind of visual storytelling for me. Yeah. there. But, um, he's kind of coming home, and we see this house that's all been police taped off and he's just kind of like you know just normal this is just normal life for us well, yeah well, he's carrying his brother and they're walking past the crime scene yeah and the brother's like what do you think happened over there and he's like oh you don't worry about it. it's the same old thing all every week it's the same old thing don't worry about it don't look over there just keep we'll keep moving yeah are they in detroit i don't think so i think they're in la okay be, oh that'd be awesome if they were in detroit east la that's what i was saying yeah. motor city Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't, I'm not entirely sure where they're, we're at. They're in East LA. Are they? Yeah. Yep. That makes sense, too. Either way, well, the, the way something happens here in a minute, it reminded me very heavily of another story that takes place in Detroit, though. But, um... Nightwing. No. No, I'll explain it when I get there. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're kind of sitting down to Denver, and the kid, like, the way he talks, he's, he's kind of simple. Yeah. But the comic he has needs to be made. Ninja Wolf. <laughs> Freaking awesome. I enjoy that. <laughs> right? So, awesome. Hopefully, at some point, they'll start if putting Marvel that in the back. Like Ninja Wolf, it'd be freaking great. <laughs> TMNT did, but it was a fox. Yeah, yeah that's true. Same idea. That's true. But the, they're kind of eating, and you start hearing gunshots. And the younger kid's like, oh, there's fireworks outside again. And he's like, you know what we do when there's fireworks? We don't go outside when there's fireworks outside. <laughs> right. And, like, they just keep hearing, you know, gunshots and then, like, police sirens. And he's like, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here soon. Well, the whole time we, we, we feed him for dinner is mac and cheese. And the kid mm. is like, I'm going to eat all this mac and cheese. He's like, here, you eat as much as you like. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's loving it, dude. So, yeah, he's he's simple. He seems pretty simple. But like it's a, it's like his brother's trying to take care of his his, his brother who can't do anything. Yeah, we don't we don't see any parent no. figures in this story so far. So it feels to me like there's probably just the brothers. Right. But um we kinda of see back at the garage. Somebody sneaks in through a window and kinda of flips on a light and we find out, you know, that Robbie's or Robert's come back. And he's going to take out the bike, or he's going to take out the, the muscle car. And he's like, don't worry, I'll get you back home. Like, he's talking to it like it's like a date. Right. Like, I'm going to make sure you're back before curfew. It'll be great. 
And he gets in it and he kind of puts on his riding helmet. And we see in the reflection of the mirror, like the fire igniting around his head. So like we already see something, something's found in there already, before even this stuff starts. Right. We go from there to find some pretty shady street racing guys, including a guy with a crazy grill. Oh yeah. And like, I don't know what is in this bag. Like at first, I, I figured for sure that it had to be somebody's skull. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's money. But evidently, like it's a a really high end street race. Money wise. Um, Fancy cars. Fast and furious. Fifty thousand dollars to the winner after you put in your money. And so uh, Robbie shows up with the with the muscle car and is like, "All right, I'll enter." And they're like, well, where's your money for this entering? And he's like, well, I put the car on the, on the money. And so he's pretty... He's pretty confident. He's pretty confident he's going to win. The entire time he's got the helmet on, too. He hasn't taken the helmet off. No, yeah, he never lets people see. He doesn't let anybody see what he looks like in there. Right. And then we get, like, a really cool kind of raceway takeoff. And they're at street racing. And he's like, I got this. I'm going to totally get ahead of everybody. And, like, he looks back and he sees them in his rear view. And the next panel we see... Everybody peel off their street. And this helicopter go over the top. And he's like, oh, the cops, no! Right? And he has this whole thing where he's seeing himself getting arrested and going to jail and his brother being left alone and then his brother being sent to, like, some kind of foster care thing and just being stuck in a building somewhere staring at a window. And he's like, man, what, did I, what the hell was I thinking? And he kind of is trying to race around and get away from this helicopter. And they kind of do this, like... Like Tron thing where we see him zigzagging around trying to lose the helicopter through the buildings, and eventually he gets stuck in a dead end. And he's just like, oh, "Man, like I, there's no way around it. I, yeah, I got to come out." Yeah. And so he comes out and he takes off his helmet and he's like, trying to kind of like apologize to the police. And he's down on his hands and knees and they just open fire, and just shoot the hell out of him. And actually, that's the scene, it reminds me a lot of the original Robocop. Oh, yeah. Where he got so shot up, like, chunks of body were missing. Right. And they just kind of walk past him, and they start, like, ripping up the car and slamming um, gasoline tanks on it. And they go into the trunk, and there's just duffel bags of these crazy red pills. Right. And they take that, and they light the vehicle on fire. And for a minute, as he's dying, he sees this commando guy... Like, like the military, in, yeah. yeah, military style stuff and like patches before they take off and they take off in the chopper. And as the car burns, like a chunk of the flame kind of flies over and it gets into his mouth and he starts on fire. And we see his, his flesh just burning away. Pretty hardcore. And when he sits up, boom, he's like burning, but the helmet has become like a part of his face. And he's got the Ghost Rider kind of skull. And the fire's just whipping around him, and he goes and gets in the car, and the car is just an inferno. And then it starts sucking the flame into its wheels and its headlight and the uh, intake valves on the hood. And he goes burning out, and you just see, like, a burning trail through the city. And we kind of flash back for a second to his brothers, like, asleep at home. So. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it really is pretty awesome. Like, like, I was real worried about this book being a thing at all, and it really is pretty awesome. Like, really, yeah, pretty awesome. What is it? 
It's an all new Ghost Rider. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. No, he did a good job. I, I'm much more impressed with it than I thought I was going to be. That's for sure. Um, if there's anything that is, like, kind of a pain for me, it was it was the like slang that they used pretty early on, like the little gangster kids and stuff, like that drove me nuts. But why is that? It was it was hard for me to read. I just I had to keep going over it and being like so you wouldn't put in slang in into LA, it. Then. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know if you're reading it as much there. As I'm too white and nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it, that was probably it for me. But I I don't know. I'm far more excited than I was when I heard about this character coming into the into the Marvel U. So okay. I. It's it's a little strange that he took the uh, Johnny Blaze kind of design, but they've been putting Johnny and Danny's gear for a while now. Yeah. And Danny, he's unfortunately having the same situation that Wally West has. It's like, yeah, he's cooking one. hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, score wise, I, I I would give it a three. I thought it was pretty good. Tried more draws a bunch of action. There's only a couple panels that look weird, but just his style. And, like, he draws action pretty intense. It was great. It was good. Rob? Um, I'd probably give it... I'd probably give it four. I was really, really impressed with it, honestly. Yeah. I, And some of that, I guess, is just that I didn't figure I would be. Right. But I was, I was pretty knocked out with it, so... Mr. Mike? Yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I'd give it a three... But as far as a, the, the art, as, as an artist, he's, I mean, he's all right. Uh, for long periods of time, I don't know if I could hang in there. Yeah. It's just a little too busy for me. Or, um, but, you know, I enjoyed Luther Strode. Well, yeah. That's just about right. But I don't know if I, you know, not, as an ongoing, on an ongoing basis, I don't know if I could. Yeah. Like 30 issues of it? Yeah. I, think, I don't know. I think might be a bit like much. It. I think you would know, like it. It was uh, it was better than I thought it would be. I don't know how long we'll get to see him, but yeah, that that first transformation that was pretty sick. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Okay, I'll give it a three for Trad. I really like his art. Sorry. Yeah. Mr. Ross, give it a three as well. It was a good time. I'm just saying, Ninja Wolf. <laughs> Man, yeah. I don't have any idea what it's going to be about. Ninja hopefully, hopefully, ninja that's a wolf. Heck yeah! And he could be, you know, he could be a anthropomorphic, or he could just be a regular wolf that has a katana sword in his mouth. I prefer that version. <laughs> and I'd be fine with either <laughs> one of those. I think it's harder to write that story. Well, dialogue definitely suffers. Because <laughs> either he has to make barky noises, or he has to keep dropping his sword so he can talk. <laughs> I don't see ninja wolf dropping a sword very often. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, 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 funny that is. Howard, the, the, all three of you are like, really? The dog opens his mouth to talk, and the sword falls to the ground. <laughs> so funny. Maybe he talks with psychic suggestion. No. It can happen. No. It, it is funnier Dropping the to sword. me. Like Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Cosmo's awesome. Cosmo's a badass. Yeah. And if if you are a fan of Cosmo and you haven't been picking up Nova the last two issues, Cosmo's been in it. So. Yeah. Yeah, last two. I've been picking up Nova, and I didn't see his Cosmo. Yeah, he's been in the last couple of years. Really? Yeah. 
Is he talking? Are you on dope? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, no. <laughs> he just showed up. He shows up in the last panel um, two issues ago. Mm-hmm. And then I think he was in most of the issue. I don't think I've read the last two, though. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Maybe just... You'd know it. Falling behind a little bit, yeah. But, yeah, he's in, he's in there, which yeah. is really cool. That's cool. So. Anyhow. Cosmo the Cosmonaut Dog. Yes. He's a Psychic talking power. That's right. That's true. He held the team together. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with this, sir. <laughs> With that scrappy evil. raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. All right, you want to move on to uh, Batman Aquaman? Nah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's the only reason I'm here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Ross. It is pretty epic, though. It, it is. Who's in this book, Ross? It's all right. Aquaman. Oh, yeah? You said it in the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was, it was a catch. <laughs> What does Aquaman do? Mm. He talks to fit. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Aquaman does quite a bit of things. Yep. Uh, mainly he, he keeps peace for all us air sucking fools. Yep. I'd like that. Punches things pretty thing. hard. This is true. Yeah. This is true. There was actually another character he might have been digging for that's in this story. He doesn't get billing on the title. Oh. Titus, Titus the dog. <laughs> Titus the bad hound. I guess he hasn't quite earned that title yet. Oh, yeah. He's working on it, though. Yeah. Now Cosmo's got him beat. Only because he's mental It's because he can powers. talk. Yeah. Still, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> this dog snuck into a Batman submarine. It's true. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So you're really going to compare. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not. Neither one of them are carrying a sword with their mouth. That's true. Neither of them are Ninja Wolf yet. Yeah. Well, let's see some designs tomorrow, Steve. Yeah. Put that up to a chainsaw squid. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. yeah. Could be the bane of his existence. Back on track. Come on. Bane cat? Yeah. It almost writes itself. <laughs> Frankenbear, Ninja Wolf. There you go. They're bane going after cat. Bane cat? <laughs> Who's like teamed up with Chainsaw Squid? Why not? <laughs> sounds like a the sounds like cartoon take over network. To <laughs> <laughs> it's the Pet Avengers. Yeah, no, <laughs> there you go. Hmm? Ain't nobody's pet. Um, so of course, does that make you think of Power Damn video. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> freaking hilarious. Bane Cat YouTube. That's it. It's true. Hmm? Batman and Aquaman. Um, okay, so. Basically, in the previous issues, Batman has decided to take the fight to Ra's al Ghul for stealing Damien and Talia's bodies. And so this is the first issue that he's committed to going after Ra's. Um, and so he's down there in his bat submarine. Yep. I don't know if there's a clever name for that. It looks remarkably like a stingray. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Um... I thought it was Black Banner when I first read it. Yeah. When you first see it, yeah, aside from the, the big light on the chest as a bat. But yeah, mm. it, it looks like Yeah, it looks like a manta ray. Um it's pretty cool, like he's he's actually piloting it down towards where we saw in I think it's Batman and Robin Zero, where all of Robin's ex tutors have been chained up under the water. Right. And just kinda like rotting corpses. And the whole time he's kind of talking to Alfred, and Alfred's like, oh, I wish you would have let me come. And he's like, I already had one stowaway on this. And then we see Titus, the hound, that somehow managed to creep onto the uh, the submarine that's down there with him. You gotta wonder if Batman's like, dog, you don't breathe water? <laughs> I don't have a breathe apparatus for a dog. 
And from there, um, as they're kind of making their way through it, he talks to he's talking to Alfred, and he says, uh, "Well, me and Titus have a visitor." And the next panel is like just Aquaman, completely just dominating the panel. Um, we find out from Aquaman that he's he's kind of come over because he's hearing uh, dolphin or not dolphin. I'm sorry, well screams. Mm. And that they've stopped from here. And he's basically like questioning Batman why he's down here. And Batman tries to write him off. And he's like, well, you're the one who's the fish out of water now to right. Batman. Which is how Batman's described Aquaman a couple of times in the Justice League stuff. And Batman kind of lets him know what it is. What's going on with this. And he's like, alright, well, we'll come with you for this then. Sorry, I've got all convoluted there because so I thought he had said something that he hasn't said yet so they basically decide to like team up and they're going to go investigate the island and we got an incoming attack of these kind of assassins in their scuba gear and as Batman yells incoming is that scuba assassins scuba assassins Hell yeah. uh, Titus starts barking <laughs> to like try to warm Batman who yep. already knows they're coming so we actually get like the cool kind of fight with uh, Batman and his bat manta ray submarine and Aquaman like just beating the heck of these guys with his strident. And we kind of flash over to Rachel Ghoul, and he kind of seems to be like he knew that Batman would come, but he was surprised that Batman has come so quickly to try to find him. And he has Talia and Damien in some kind of I'm assuming there's a re- like, to rejuvenation pods of some kind. I think they're just coffins. Maybe. Know? But, like, their coffins are... Like, there's like almost like a mylar shield over them. Like a yeah. plastic wrap. It's kind of weird. I don't know if it's a black tar or what it is. Mud? I'm, mm. not, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. But it's definitely there. I kind of think... Like, stuff. I kind of think he may have them vacuum sealed. Oh. Mm. Because I think he... I think he has a plan that he's going to try to bring them back. Right, okay. So he doesn't want him to decay any further. But, like, yeah, it definitely looks weird. What I don't know is whatever this, like, chunk of crystal that he has. And this kind of red ball is. So, to see if that's something. Maybe. To see if that's something I didn't recognize before. He calls it some kind of power crystal, but I don't know. I don't think we've really seen anything with it yet. Possibly not. That may be a new element for this story. But uh, Aquaman and Batman kind of both surface on the side of this island where Aquaman had heard the the cries stop from. And, of course, there's more assassins and more man-bats. And so they kind of fight their way onto the island. And Aquaman kind of uses a little clever trick where he gets the, the ninjas to be attacked by crabs. Awesome. Uh, and Aquaman kind of comes over this this rise, and he looks out to see like these desiccated remains of whales that have been just like ripped open. And we got a couple more of them that have been like fished out of the ocean that are just like hanging there. And we find out from Batman that this was this was like an operation that Talia had done in. Um, I think it was Istanbul, yeah. where, they were, where they were harvesting the whale's womb. 
Yeah, that's where they were breeding the Damien's. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember what issue it was in, but they showed it in one of the issues of either this or Batman Inc. I don't remember which. It was a bloody mess. Yeah. Of fish parts and stuff. And so basically, like, Raish is following the yeah. same protocol that... That, yeah, that Talia was doing. Yeah, he's using Talia's plans. Or playbook, as it was. And, um... Batman kind of explains it to him, and, like, the only thing that Aquaman says from there is that, I want to hear him scream today, Bruce. And he's like, you and me both, Arthur. You and me both. It seems like a really weird Aquaman line to me, but... Maybe. You know, I I think he's he's very no-nonsense about, like, if you mess with my kingdom, I'm gonna put, like, retribution against you. Yeah. And honestly, like, Raish, he's already a villain, so... I don't know. It feels to me like it's just kind of bad old Aquaman surfacing, yeah. you know. So, cause, I mean, most of the niceties that we're getting from Aquaman is like stuff that he's learned, mm. but it's like stuff that's I don't know, like under the surface, he he's kind of a bad dude. Mm. So, but I, I love the next panels because like they're breaking into the control room, and there's these assassins with guns, and. Um, they're purging all the the data, and so Batman's trying to salvage whatever kind of data he can get, and Aquaman's just taking care of the assassins, and they're all just shooting him and psh, nothing. Mm. It's just bouncing off him. Mm. And so he tells him basically, oh, I'll take care of this, you go ahead and chase down the data. And from there, Raish lets out his little trump card, which is like a handful of super quickly generated... Damien clones like like the ones that Taya had made. So mm. I guess it would be the the whale womb clones. And you can tell they were very poorly like yeah, they weren't put together all the way when Yeah, they're pretty like grotesque and have lots of mutations and stuff. And um uh, he kinda mentions that and he also mentions that their synapses synapses weren't completely formed. Right. And so they don't really have a lot of the thought process that they mm. should have. But he's basically taunting him at the same time about like, oh, it must be really hard for you to have to punch your, you know, your child in the face, in the face yeah. over and over again, you know? And, um, he's kind of trying to drive home that like, I sort of expected you to, to protect Damien. You know, like he was a part of my line as much as he was yours. And so now I'm taking my own actions. But um, as Batman's dealing with them, uh, Aquaman kind of comes into the fold, and he starts, like, waylaying them. And Batman's like, don't kill him. And uh, so what Aquaman does is he manages to uh, to contact something out in the ocean, and they manage to, like, blow open a wall and throw the clones out inside the, the building. And while they're floating in the ocean... Aquaman calls one of the whales they had been harvesting to come out, and like it bites a hold of them, and like you just see it flipping in the air, gnashing on the clones. It's like, yeah, so you see how you like uh, facing one of them that's not been drugged. Like from there, Batman continues his quest to try to find Raish, and he's taking out a whole bunch more. That's an awesome page. Assassins, yeah, it is. It's just all action with. No dialogue. 
And he manages to get all the way down to the airstrip where Rish is taking off with uh, Talia and Damien's body. And uh, he manages to, like, start breaking the window. But Rish has already got he's, his plane in gear. He's up on the plane. The plane's already flying. Yeah. And he's, like, climbed onto the front of it. So they managed to tip it just right to throw Batman. The thing that was interesting to me was, like, Rache looks really haggard. And so, you know, I think that the idea was, even in Incorporated, that most of the Lazarus pit had been dried up. Like, in Incorporated, they tried to make us believe that Rache was dead. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know if he's, like, looking for the last ones that were available, because some of the data that we got before the computers were all fried was that there is a possible Lazarus pit on Themyscira. But um, they managed to shake Batman loose, and he goes flying out the plane, and Aquaman kind of catches him before he crushes into the ocean. I like that line right there, too, where Aquaman's like, I got you, and Batman's obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny. But uh, Aquaman's kind of disappointed. He's like, we didn't get to hear him scream. Don't worry, we'll catch up with him. So, and he's like, of that, we got no doubt. So, like, we kind of see this kind of crazy, I guess, kind of respect between Aquaman and Batman that they've kind of been building in Justice League. And so, like, I kind of like how it turns out. But yeah, uh, definitely Aquaman wants revenge. And, like, he's kind of leaving it on Batman to do it. But Batman's like, I have to, I have to, somebody else I have to make a contact with now. And, like, the kind of the last thing that we see is him catching up with Diana Prince, aka Wonder Woman, in London. And they kind of have the same conversation that Wonder Woman and Superman had in Wonder Woman Superman. <laughs> Where he's like, really, the glasses work? I'm like, you'd be surprised how much, you know, you can kind of get your own anonymity with that. Uh, but from there... He's, he's kind of trying to convince her to take him to, to Mascara. He basically just tells her that he, she's like, I don't think you're here for wardrobe tips or accessory tips. Mm. He's like, no, I need a ride to the Mascara. To Paradise Island. That's yeah. pretty much it. That's where the book, yeah, where the book wraps for the next chapter, Batman Wonder Woman? Yep. Yeah. Bam. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty awesome. Hopefully when everything wraps up, We'll bring together all the characters that he's touching for this story. We'll have like a little mini Justice League beatdown against the. Uh, That'd be cool. That's the right. League of Shadows. Bat- Batman Justice League and Frankenstein. Frankenstein's kind of part of Justice League now. Whatever, boss. <laughs> Whatever. And correct the master. Here we Justice League Dark. <laughs> but no, I. Heck of an issue. Lots of lots of action. I liked how it turned out. I, I like the way that they kind of work together. It mm-hmm. actually works out really well. And they've, they've got a great idea of like kind of the darkness and like the strength of Aquaman. So I love how that played across in this book. Yeah. So They were creative with how he used his uh, telepathy. Telepathy? Yeah. yeah, too. I like how you said it. Telepathy? Yes. <laughs> I think that's something different. Yep. I was going to say telekinesis, but that's when he moves stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and evidently he can do that, too. Or at least he used to be able to, but just on a limited basis. But then balls, balls of water you threw underwater. Yeah, well, a long time ago yeah. he could do that. Actually, it's called bubbles. 
it was so he could direct the hook hand, actually. Oh. But they did that with Wonder Woman too, because they were like, her lasso can come by her mind. So you know, I guess the less talked about that, the better. Scratch that. Talk to fish. <laughs> Stupid. Rob, score go. Um, I really enjoyed it. I give it a three and a half. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought they did a good job. Yeah. Is your mic? Good issue. I give it a four. Yeah. Kurt, I'll give it a four simply because it doesn't feel forced. You know, mm. you get a lot of those books. That where they have to team up and it feels forced. But Tomasi's it's Tomasi again, so it's just one to the next to the next. There's a progression that makes sense. Right. So, four. Ross? Give it a four to you. Is, I mean, one of my favorites in the past couple months so far. really yeah. liked it. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'll give it a four also. I mean, the art's really solid. The story's really solid. This whole hunting down... Just trying to get the bodies back. It's like Bruce to switch gears. It's not. I want Razzle to, to revive Damien. It's more. I don't like what Ras is doing. So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how when they head because we're gonna get a, eventually a Batman Razzle Ghoul. and so I wonder if that's gonna be a team up also. To bring Damien back? Maybe. Maybe. You know, prior to this issue, I didn't think it was gonna happen, but this issue is making me think it's gonna happen sooner than I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's all a matter of how they do it, because it's, it's going to be the same problem. Like, for Jason Todd coming back from the dead, it was like an amazing thing, and everyone loves him. I have a feeling that if we have Damien come back from the dead, he won't be the same. And it'll be something that drives people nuts a little bit, but they're at least okay that he's alive. Well, Jason, everybody so, hated Jason. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. And now when he comes back, they love him. They love Damien, Damien before right before they killed, killed him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's an interesting place to be at. I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. Mm. Good book, though. But, yeah, Tomasi and Gleason. Right? I think this is probably the better back book, I, I think. Yeah. At I, this time. I'm, I would agree. Yeah, I, I, I'd say it's definitely this this strong second, you know? Like, I mean, Batman itself, eh, it's probably top. But Batman and Robin, I think, beats all the rest of them out, so... It's really fun. Like every issue is fun. It's like, a good job. Like regular Batman, some issues are like holy crap, holy crap. But like every issue of Batman Robin, even even like some of the stuff with the Two Face, which felt like it was a little, little long, maybe. Yeah. It, even that stuff, like when you get to the meat of it, was like holy crap, and just fun books. I don't mm. know. I mean, it's not the best way to describe it because they're both awesome books. I, as far as. Books are concerned for different reasons. Different reasons. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Different reasons. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of Tomasi than Snyder right now. But yeah. Tomasi's been around a little longer. That's true. So. That's true. That's all good. You know, that's the cool thing about comics. Everybody can like their own. <laughs> don't say they can have their own opinion. Yeah. No. no that's good. No. <laughs> Opinions are like hand. I have this written on the Facebook page. Opinions are like Steve's. No. It's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's true. And you all have one. <laughs> nah, that's, not, that's, that's the cool thing about comics. Yeah. Everybody likes somebody different. If you think about podcasts, you can't smell them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, books to watch. Curtis, go. Uh, what was that one? Red Hook? Red Red City? Red City. Yeah, it looks like a futuristic Nora type book. Coming from? Image. All right. Uh, Blood Queen, of course. It's like, a, uh, it's like an alien... Uh, crime type of deal. Yeah. 
Uh, other books, uh, Pathfinder. Read that. It's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more, but I'll remember later. All right. Ross? Oh. Oh, Sorry. Go. Uh, Star Trek, City on the Edge of Forever. Harlan Ellison, City on the Edge of Forever. And J.K. Woodward is going to be the artist on it. So oh. support J.K. He's a good dude. Well, you see that uh, pretty soon we have an Angry Birds variant cover for the uh, Star Trek? How about we don't talk about that because it's the stupidest thing in the world. All right. <laughs> it makes no damn sense. That's what I like to hear. That's worse than Robot Chicken. Yes. <laughs> Ross books launch? No, the Batman and Robin books. Are, are, I think there's going to be something really big coming up with those, from right. what I've heard. The Batman ends? Yeah. And then uh, End of Forever Evil is oh, right around right. the corner. And wow. then the new new Justice League with Lex Luthor and Captain Cold. Right. So that'll be crazy. In the May. Yeah. Good stuff. I'd suggest uh, Batman Eternal. I think that I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I give you once a week might be hard to take at first, but, you know, we'll see. I, I'm excited to see Future's End. Like, like at least... The, I, I'm, I like Grifter a lot. And I feel like the way they ended the Grifter series was because of other stuff. It wasn't necessarily because the series was ready to end. I think it's because... Other people working on it at the time it became a mess. So I'm interested to see him, and I like the idea of Batman Beyond being the current continuity. And that Future's End is going to be featuring Frankenstein. Yep. Yeah, and Firestorm. And Frankenstein and, and Firestorm. And and nobody cares. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it should be. I mean, cast wise, it's got a bunch of characters that recently had books stopped. So hmm. I wonder if Frankenstein and Amethyst are going to team up because they kind of had a crazy team thing going in Justice League Dark with the two of them for a while. That'd be kind of cool to when see you say again. team up, Ross, do you mean between the sheets? Um, no. Of paper. Yes. Oh, all right. Yeah. Nice. Good, <laughs> good save. Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't also supposed to be the Adam? It's a part of that story? Like Ray Palmer? Adam? Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't really? know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either, actually. Oh. Somebody read something. Hmm. Good job. Good, good job. For once. Good job. Is he in what you've read? Are they calling him the Adam or are they just saying Ray Palmer? I Ray ju- Palmer. I just heard that stuff, so. And then another book coming out from Image called uh, called Trees. I'm fairly interested in. A little. There's supposed to be alien trees and on woods. Earth. And there's a book coming out called The Woods. So separate. Trees and Woods. They're two different things. You yeah. can read them together, though. That I don't think they make sense if you're reading them as part of one of the same. And, and they're both dealing with alien type stuff. So yeah, aliens. One of them. Uh, and, uh, who's that? What's trees written by uh, Warren Ellis? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, probably. Drawn, so. drawn by Jason Howard, who was doing Super Dinosaur. Boom. And Astounding Wolfman. Also boom because so. Astounding Wolfman, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Good, good that, was, that was my jam. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, plus, Chaos Comics is coming back for a limited run. <laughs> awesome. Tim Seeley, so there may be hope for it. Yeah, Tim Seeley. Because he's doing Batman Eternal 2. Yeah. And he just wrote the last couple issues of Talon. Yes. And Constant Revival, mm-hmm. which is also awesome. Yeah. Uh, Rob Books? Um, well, we still got Iron Fist to look forward to. Um, but uh, Doom is coming out here soon for DC. Which is going to kick off a whole storyline with uh, Doomsday being introduced oh, in, right, yeah. in a big new way to the super stories. So that's going to get a one-shot, and then it's going to go through Superman and uh, I think Supergirl. Superboy. So, yeah. Well, no, I don't think it actually touches the Superboy. 
Mm -hmm. I don't think it goes to Superman. I thought it touched pretty much all the Superman comics. <laughs> it may in time. It may in time. But it looks like it's going to be really cool. So uh, There is something crazy going on with Superboy, though, where um, we're seeing Jonathan Kent, the legitimate son of, Super or of Superman, Lois Lane. From the future? From the future, getting ripped to back. And so we're going to see him and the clone. So... And see, there's something I was curious about because it was it. I think it's the last Batman Super. This is the Batman Superman annual, right? And Superman keeps talking like Superboy's dead in it, and so I'm wondering. Hmm. It's hard to say. So far, hasn't happened, but like some of the timelines are getting a little mm. screwy. So hopefully that's not the case because I really like Superboy. But of course, though, if that's kind of in the future. Their Superboy did die. That's why we had the whole clone to begin with. Yeah. But I don't know. There's, there's yeah, been it's hard some. To say. There's been some interesting things with Superboy and the biological Superboy. So it's going to come to head here pretty soon. So we'll have to see. Mr. Mike. Well, there's a couple of interesting new ones coming out from Image: The Wicked and the Divine. Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey. Something about the gods being reincarnated to uh, yeah, do as much damage as they can yeah. in two years' time. Yeah, it seems I, that seems kind of interesting too, actually. And another one called Wildfire about a genetically modified food to end world hunger and um, turn out to be the apocalypse, which sounds like I think we were talking about the other day, a food of the gods kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. And of course, oh, Iron Fist. Yeah. Shang -Chi. The Shang-Chi yeah, many and uh, that enormous thing that's coming up might right. be pretty cool. The Return of Enormous. Yeah, that should be pretty cool. I watch that video if you guys get a chance to. I mean, it's yeah, it's nine minutes, but pretty good actually. And I, if the book's gonna connect to that, then that's awesome. I like that idea. And check out the Bane Cat video. <laughs> Bane Cat, Cat Man. Yeah, you can't get it out of your head. I, I can't. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you. So uh, Rob, we got a one shot for Doom. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, there's going to be one shot for Doom, and then it's going to go through the Superman and Supergirl books and stuff. So what other one shots do we have from Superman recently? Well, no, we're going to have Origin. No, 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 not not another series, which Origin is a series. We had the Lois Lane one, didn't you? Right, right, and then what was the next one? That was part of the same kind of thing? Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller, huh, okay. And then Doomsday? And then Doomsday. So what do those things have in common, Rob? I know you want to say it, just say it. <laughs> Not Superman. You all day today without this. Yeah, because I thought it was hilarious. It is. It's not, it's not so funny now. If I had to drag it out of you, it's not funny. <laughs> they all bitches. Including Doomsday. Don't shake your head. Don't shake, don't. <laughs> you don't shake your head. And there's the uh, Chew Revival crossover. It might be kind of... At least one person's still on track, I guess. <laughs> Good job, Mike. We to bring it back around full circle. He's right, yeah. though. There's, there's a true revival crossover, and that should be fantastic. It looks crazy. And John Layman's also supposed to be in Denver this year. Oh, that's true. So that should be pretty awesome. Really? Right, Rob Gilroy's not with him. They did the, uh, two years ago, they did uh, the uh, Comic Fest, back whenever they were doing HeroCon or whatever. Was, was it called HeroCon? No, what was it called? It was called StarFest. Yeah. Now that I guess that's not happening this year, I guess I don't I don't know if it is still or not. But they did that a couple years ago, but both of them did. So I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't have him with him. But John's awesome. He's pretty cool. He's a cool guy. So that should be pretty awesome to see him again. Yeah. Super Secret Chaos. 
Anyway. Crisis War. Crisis War. Yep. Oh. Uh, the, the Thanos Annual by Jim Starlin, and oh. then the original graphic novel that's coming out, written and drawn by Jim Starlin. About those who? Up. Thanos. Oh. His creation. Right. So he's getting back on track, hopefully. That's oh, I'm good. definitely hanging there with Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, yeah. Good stuff. Ross, were you going to mention one more? Pants. Something to do with the... Uh, Cartoon Network deal? Oh, yeah, the big Cartoon Network I event. Sh- I swear they just showed you a picture of that. They okay. did. <laughs> like, I wasn't even thinking about like, it, though. Here are the headlights over here. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they're doing the, the super secret crisis war. Right. Which, if you look at the logo, is kind of funny because it kind of uses all the different logos from all the different books. I'm sorry, is the, I didn't realize that. But it'll be uh, starting in Samurai Jack, apparently, and then cool. reaching out and kind of hitting all the old Cartoon Network stuff. Right, right. Good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, now one one more thing before we cut it. So there's a show called One Hundred. That I was, I started watching on Hulu the other night. It's on uh, CW. Um, only seen one episode. Best part of the episode it's about the world gets covered in nuclear radiation. People have to live in space, and then they send some kids down to see if the world's okay because everybody in space is going to die. Anyway, there's a point where they're lurking through the woods. I was trying to tell you about this earlier, Chris, and never got to the end of it. Here comes the good part. Okay, so all the kids are lurking around the woods trying to get to a certain spot to collect food, and they haven't seen any animals yet. And then one morning they wake up and they find this deer, and it looks like a majestic deer in the setting, kind of like whenever Carl first sees the deer during Walking Dead, the TV show, and you're like, oh, it's all majestic and stuff, and they're like, see, there's animals, and then the deer turns and looks at them, and it's got two faces. Two faces. <laughs> awesome. You're such a turd. Craziest thing ever. <laughs> Craziest yeah. thing ever. Two faces, Ross. Imagine the mounted deer in your dad's house if he had two faces. I've seen a two-headed goat. Imagine two... They have two full heads or just two faces? Yeah, you have two full heads. That's well, that's creepy, different. too. That's so crazy. <laughs> Does that just happen more common than you think? No, I saw it in the museum. Oh, okay. It's not like a random encounter with I get you, two-headed goat. Because I've heard a lot of people encounter a two-headed goat, and I thought, oh, jeez, does that just happen normally? Well, I guess you know. Well, no, it wasn't just a random the encounter. <laughs> there you go. Or no, you go to the museum. You learn stuff. <laughs> Well, that's what I meant. Not don't wear glasses and then see them. <laughs> I got three D glasses. Boom! It's like this real life. <laughs> Two heads become one. All right. Weird. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. The key. The key. Scissors. The key. The key. Hey. Sorry. Later. It's not what I wanted to hear. No, no, it's not. I am the key. Tell you what Jim Brewer told our, uh, let's see, whatever grade I was in, math teacher. Well, that's just tough shit, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Jim. That's what the kids need to hear. I think he ended up in jail a couple years later. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. They meant Jim Brewer, the comedy guy. No, different Jim Brewer. Mm-hmm. Sounds like something he'd say anyway. I think the teacher asked him to quiet down or something. He said, you don't like it? It's just tough shit, ain't it? <laughs> she got a little angry. See, I thought you were saying the math teacher said that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> As like, hey, hardcore math teacher. Two plus two is five. <laughs> Tough shit. <laughs> <laughs>